Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. As per usual, I am Kevin. And I am Daniel. And this is episode five. Kevin, my guy. My dude. Yes, my dude? How you doing today? I'm doing fine. Yeah? I feel good. You have a good weekend? Um, it was pretty swell. Yeah? I did a little bit on Saturday, and then I didn't do a lot of it on Sunday. What was the little bit you did on Saturday? The little bit on Saturday, I had to do a little work errand, so I had to go out to Winter Park there, because mm-hmm. uh, if you're not familiar, we are Orlando natives. Ooh. Yeah. It's sunny all the time. Oppressively, oppressively sunny. Um, yep, went out to Winter Park, had a little lunch, went to a little Zona Fresca. If you don't know, I think that's Italian for the fresh zone. So. I, t- I agree. Don't yeah. fact check that. Don't fact check that. Um, had some burritos. Uh, other than that, yeah, it pretty much just fucked off the rest of the day with, uh, with Morgan. Um, I did do one thing. And I don't know why. I did it on a whim because, like, I have these moments where I'll stare at my little bookshelf of video games. Mm-hmm. And just, it's like this dark moment where, like, from behind, it must look like I'm crazy or something. Because <laughs> I'm just standing there in silence staring at my collection of games and, like, not deciding. Do you ever have these moments where you're just looking at your show? It's like it's super pensive and there's a fucking shadow looming behind me. Yeah, and yeah. Like, and like Morgan's like, what's wrong? And I'm just like, I don't want to play. <laughs> Every time. You look like a mad scientist culminating yeah. this nefarious plan, but really you're just like, uh, Borderlands or Witcher? Exactly. And I decided on Witcher. Funny you, you brought that up. Huh. But I did a weird thing. I think uh, earlier in the summer I decided to restart The Witcher because I put it down for a good a good year. And, yeah, I know. And I just thought to myself, like, like with any RPG, any fucking RPG, this happened to me in Skyrim. When you put it down, I forget everything. I oh, forget yeah. how to play. I forget where I am, I'm at. I forget uh, who I talk to, where to go. I just, I, you're, like a, you're like a baby lamb, like, thrown in the middle of this fucking game. So, <laughs> little mewling you. Yeah. So I restarted the game, and I think it took me until Sunday to literally get back to where I left off originally. Weren't you about like 20, 30 hours in it? <laughs> it really was like 20 hours. Jeez. And this is me like like just trying to have restraint and skipping all those stupid question marks that pop up on the map. Mm-hmm. Where like, you know, the little side quest would be a little encounter. I, I skipped all that shit. I'm just trying to barrel down on straight story. Okay. And it's still taking this fucking long. But I think I think last night I finally got, right before I went to bed, I finally got to that point. So I'm about to see some new content, my dude. When I left off, you were what? You were gathering yeah. a cast and crew for a play? Uh, yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> What's and the play about? The play was called the, uh, what was it? The Doppler Salvation. Hmm. And it was a, it's a ploy, you see. So the Witcher needs to speak to a Doppler, which is a shapeshifter. Hmm. I'm the Witcher, Geralt. And they decided to, on the spot, create a brand new play uh, with hidden messaging. Subliminal messaging for this Doppler, if he's in the crowd. And so it's supposed to speak to him, and I'm supposed to draw him out. Through the play, and of course, you know it's about a witcher that saves a Doppler. So you know we're trying to beat it over his fucking head. Mm. And I, I did great. I remember two lines that they give you in like a little piece of paper elsewhere in the game, and you have to just kind of recall them. And like I, everything was fine until like one line because it's it's all iambic pentameter. Okay, am I saying that right? Yeah, good, 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 good. <laughs> um, and I think I fucked up one line where he was just like, "You knaves." suck. <laughs> That's how it ends. So you just like flee the theater, and then you couldn't complete the task no i didn't fuck it up he okay. was just like yo th- that that play was boss let me talk to you man and then that's that's how it went out okay that was good interesting yeah i, I thought so okay so you played a bit of the witcher i played a bit of the witcher that's it that's all you got in it that's it hmm. <laughs> no i played uh i've been playing some bioshock collection as well Ooh. you i think you saw me i went i went through uh 
fucking blaze through Bioshock Infinite. I don't know what I witnessed. It was crazy. Cause I don't <laughs> think I saw you go through it the first time <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, I took my time. And, and I remember the first time I played the game, I probably did maybe like 45% of the achievements, like on the PS3 edition. Mm-hmm. And this time, and this is from like maybe two good sit-downs with the game. I beat it with like 70 per, 70% completion. Jeez. <laughs> it's disgusting. I don't know what happened. I, I don't even remember like leaving the house or, or, or taking a dump. I usually remember those. Yeah. It was strenuous. It was a weird day, because I think I left around three for work. You had started, more or less, yeah. and then I came back, and you you could have been done that that same night, for all I know. I don't know. <laughs> I was done that same night. I, I remember beating it that night. You walked, You literally came back from work yeah. at the finale. I don't want to give away anything for this, what, a three-year-old game? <laughs> but yeah, point, you, yeah, you walked in straight at the finale, and then credits, and then we, we talked over the fucking credits. You remember that? We did. We did this whole fucking Mystery Science Theater thing where we just talked over it. Just talked over the credits. Hilarious. Hilarity ensued. It wasn't that funny. No, it wasn't. We, we were looking for uh, a call-out to Glitch because you swore up and down that they credited you <laughs> at a certain point. Why you gotta bring up old shit? <laughs> we were just fucking talking about it a week ago. How old is it? Whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so much to explain. Can I just be Kevin to this audience? I don't, yeah. I don't have to be Glitch Man. Okay. You're not Glitch Man. Until yeah. they sponsor us. Until we get that, those fat stacks. It's never gonna fucking happen. <laughs> it... That, that's really on my part, really. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to get a uh, sponsor sponsorship from Band Aid, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe the BJ's around the corner because okay. I really want some pizzukes. Like they can pay us some pizzukes. That'd be cool. It's a it's like a pizza cookie. I know what they are. You, okay. you don't need to tell me what pizzukes are. I didn't. I didn't, are. I didn't think you. I would like a, a Nabisco sponsorship. <laughs> you want a Nabisco sponsor yeah. so we can get some Oreos? In Hell there? yeah, man! Do they do Oreos? They do Oreos. They do Oreos. Yeah. I want some red velvet cake Ooh. Oreos. How you doing, Daniel? How you feeling, sir? Not too bad, my guy. You know, it's been a long day of writing and planning, and I don't think I really did much else today. Don't act like any effort goes into the show. <laughs> okay. Well, from where we started, where there was zero, literally zero effort, to where we are yeah, now, yeah, it's yeah. like a thousand percent increase of effort. Yeah, I was writing like here here and there all day. Yeah. Fucking, I was like at work and just like banging out paragraphs, and I think, you know, my boss is talking about one thing. I'm like, yeah, 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 it's, that sounds fine. And yeah. he's like, so you want to ship nothing but knives to New York Comic Con? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, just, you know, wrap them in the phone. I'm, I'm doing something. <laughs> Leave me alone. I, just, I like the sort of people we are when we become, like, engrossed in a creative task where we throw yeah. our all into it, and we're like, we're not going to settle for, like, some second-level shit. We're like, we want it to be the best thing we can put out there. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I just don't. I, I can't speak for you. <laughs> yeah, don't speak for You're me. shipping knives to fucking That's a lot of pressure. Us. I try not to think about shit. I just... Yeah? <laughs> I just try to not sound stupid. But, uh, Daniel... Yes, my guy. Unless there's anything else you want to add that you're... Are you are you hiding something? What do you mean? I don't know. You just got this look. About Is it because I'm wearing this fucking, like, hoodie? Yeah. Oh. Well, it's cold. I don't want to shiver throughout this. Because I'm warm. That's why I'm confused. Are you hiding something? No. Are there some marks I need to worry about? No. Nobody's hurting me. Do I have to have a conversation or something? <laughs> no, I'm not on air. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to edit this out. Yeah, I'm going to have to. Because I hit the fucking truth. Oh, shit. So, uh, uh, a lot of shit happened last week. Mm-hmm. And apparently we have to discuss it. Yeah. But before that, actually... What do you got for me? I, well, something big happened today. What? For me, at least. I don't know if it's big for you. Emotionally? It's Actually, yeah, it's a huge emotional thing for me, because I have a connection to this. Go ahead, what do you got? One of my most beloved consoles celebrated its 20th American birthday today. The N-Gage? The end. <laughs> Which one? Sega Saturn. Sega Saturn? It's 20 years old today? Oh my god. That might have been 95. It was. It was yeah, like 95, 95. 94, 95. Yeah. Something, something stupid. So before we were it doesn't like, matter. We're trying to forget that fucking system. 
Yeah, really, though. I think the only good thing to come out of that was, like, Knights. You don't even know what I'm talking nope, about. Nope, not at all. I, I, they I ended up putting it on the time Wii. On yeah. It. Okay. It gotcha. Was, yeah. Gotcha. I'll believe you. So before we roll into the heavy news, I kind of want to do like a light opening here for something, you know, that really, really matters to me. So this is going to kind of read as news, but we'll... we'll Thank you for stating your intentions. Yes. I have to let my intentions to be known. I don't want you to be taken aback or off guard when I, you know, do something shady. <laughs> You're already hiding things from me, so go ahead. They're just marks, Kevin. <laughs> okay. All right. So here it is for you guys. Mm. Get in or get out. The N64 turned 20 today. The Nintendo 64 initially was released in Japan in June of 1996 and was brought to us in North America September 26, 1996 as Nintendo's third console iteration. It became a huge contender in the fifth generation of gaming, pitting its 3D glory against the original PlayStation and Sega Saturn. It launched with two titles in America, Mario 64 and Pilot Wings, and was only $200 at release. It was a huge holiday item that year as young kids voraciously tore apart gift boxes and shredded wrapping paper and got to final experience their favorite plumber's quest to save Princess Peach in 3D. As children's screams drowned out a Christmas story and drunken relatives, historians would name that Christmas the holiday heard around the world. It would continue to be a heavy hitter in the 3D market well into 2002, selling over 32 million units in its lifetime until finally being replaced by the Nintendo GameCube. To pull out the time capsule here, Kevin, uh, here's mm. some of the critics had to say back in the day about it. Uh, Next Generation Magazine, do you remember them? No. No, nobody does. Not at all. Uh, they called the N64 the best kept secret in video games. LA Times called Why? it... Why? No, I don't know, actually. <laughs> the, I'm sure there was a huge marketing push for that <laughs> fucking system. Yeah, 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 I'm sure Nintendo was like pretty forward about it. I don't think there was a The Super secret. Nintendo was a huge hit, too. What, yeah. what? What a weird thing to say. It is a weird the thing to say. The best kept secret. Nobody knows about the N64. No, I'm pretty sure everybody fucking had a like collective boner, as you would say. Over. No wonder I've never heard of that publication. Okay. Yeah. So, well, they don't matter past this point. All right, give me a good one. Uh, LA Times called it, quite simply, the fastest, most graceful game machine on the market. Yo. This is my favorite one here. Okay. Okay. Uh, Time Magazine weighed in, naming their machine of the year and saying the N64 had done to video gaming what the 707 did to air travel. That one escapes me. You think so? <laughs> Entirely. <laughs> Why do you say that? I don't know very much about aviation. <laughs> so when you say 707, I'm just like, cool. Um, what? I don't know too much about aviation. I know about the 747. You can stuff a lot of assholes in there and they haven't changed <laughs> out the plane since the 1970s. Um, so if any of you no. happen to know what the 707 did to air travel, please let us know. I think it was a big deal. Let us know at the Save Room Show at gmail.com. Because um, we don't have a comment thread. We don't. <laughs> One day we will when we have enough fucking... We're going to have a forum. Work. We're going to have a fucking community day. We're yeah. going to have people come over to the apartment and ask us questions yeah. about our, our 20 N64 games that we have. The Save Room Weekly Barbecue. <laughs> there we go. Um, what so, was your, real quick, though. What was your first N64 game? My first N64 game that I actually owned, um, I had... That you didn't steal yet. I didn't steal from a friend. Narrows it down. Because I did that a few times, actually, where I was like, I'm going to borrow this and then never give it back. So for me, a uh, very formative console, as I've talked about on many of the episodes, and we'll continue to say, um, and I believe my first games for were... But Zelda, I don't want to hear about it. Ocarina of Time. God damn it. Diddy Kong Racing. Ooh. And uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Ooh. Yeah, those were the three games Ooh, you had the best that I got on Hanukkah that year. And it was fucking amazing. I had so much fun with all of them. They were all different and versatile in what they gave me. And really just delivered gaming experiences that I hadn't had yet. I didn't learn my lesson uh, until, I think, honestly, like the Xbox 360. Hmm. To not get shovelware bullshit at launch. Because okay. like, you know, my, my little kid mind 
with like famously when I got the GameCube, the first fucking game that I bought for it was a game called Universal Studios Adventure, where you literally play a bunch of mini games in a chibi replica of Universal Studios. And you play as like Universal characters. Not, no, not really. You just end up in universal situations. So okay. you get to uh, have a little DeLorean race of uh, Doc Brown screaming at you or whatever. Okay. You get to have a little uh, mini railgun shooter in Jurassic Park. You're okay. on the back of the Jeep. You're shooting at raptors coming at you. There's 100 raptors. There's a backdraft <laughs> mini game. Okay. Um, I forget the rest. Do you have really. to save a dame from a King Kong? I don't think King Kong was in it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't get the licensing right. Okay. Um, and then there was a bunch of like trivia based around Universal films, like you know, uh, what was that one heist movie? Fucking uh, the Big Score, I think, or some shit like that. Gosh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There, it was an odd game, and I remember the the dude working at GameStop. He saw it, and he was just like, "Is there any way that I can convince you to pick up Smash?" <laughs> and I'm just like, "Why?" And he's like, "What you're doing to yourself is just heinous. Yeah. It's just heinous. I, I don't know what you're doing." So my first game for N64 was, uh, and the only game that I had for months mm-hmm. before I got like a good one, was uh, Mortal Kombat 4. I think I told you this. I got it for Christmas. Yeah. Christmas 1998. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And played by myself a lot. Had a, had two controllers because I, I had I, the bundle. I'm going to pause for a second. I think we got our N64s that same month. Did we really? Yeah, because I got mine Hanukkah in 98. 98? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. What a bonding moment we just had. Yeah, what a good bonding <laughs> moment right there. But I love the fucking... I had the N64 for years. I love that goddamn yeah. system. I actually still have mine to this day. It really it still I got, works. I got rid of mine to um, to get the uh, GameCube, actually. Hmm. It wasn't until the GameCube that I traded up. Yeah. Was that a time where you were actually able to trade in your consoles for further iterations? Or you just kind of... No, it? it's the same deal as now. You uh, trade it in for a half of a fraction of what it's <laughs> worth or what you bought it for. Okay. Like, I, I think I went to GameStop, got, like, 20 bucks for it in credit. <laughs> and, yeah, something terrible, something hellacious. And got rid of some pretty monumental games, too. See, I wouldn't have done that back then, because yeah. the, the terms backwards compatibility weren't familiar to my ears. Nope. So I was like, I have to hold on to this, because maybe one day it won't be around. I might not be able to play these games. I never thought, oh, we're going to have the Wii, uh, where we can have a digital marketplace where you could download these games, or even, like, the GameCube, where they would port, like, you know. Even with that shit, I would still say, never never get rid of a fucking console. No. Just don't. Just stick with it. Get rid of your games, because, yeah. yeah, maybe you can retain those. But don't get rid of the system. Yeah, there's some games that I could definitely care to get rid of. And then there's some games where you're just like, I, you should know better than to get rid of it, mm-hmm. you know? Especially Ocarina, especially anything that gets, like, critically acclaimed when it comes out. It's like, hang on to that shit for yeah, a of while, course. you know? But, um... Any favorites for you? Favorites for the N64? Mm-hmm. Uh, shit. I mean, I love Mario, of course. I love Super Mario. Here's one that no, doesn't get a lot of love. And I, and I bore into it, played it from start to finish, enjoyed the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Yoshi's Story. It's an amazing game. Amazing fucking game. Yeah. Amazing game. And everyone always talks about Yoshi's Island or some bullshit. No, 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 my dude. Yoshi's Story. Yoshi's Story had amazing music. Uh, some of the songs were sad. Some of them were sung by the Yoshis. <laughs> Shit, you're right. <laughs> you know? I really these, enjoy that these fucking game. various Yoshis, which are just different color palettes. Right, right. And then, you know, there's the obvious ones. You know, GoldenEye. You had your GoldenEye. You had your Perfect Dark. I think I actually enjoyed GoldenEye more than Perfect Dark. And then uh, there was Donkey Kong 64. Amazing. I spent hours and hours Same. in that game. I think I got all 201 like golden bananas in that game. 
I'm proud of you. I, I can't I can't claim the same. I just loved it. I loved everything about it. I never actually finished any of like the older Donkey Kong games on like the NES or SNES. Yeah. Um, so for me, that was like one that I got like I think it was Hanukkah 1999 or 2000, whenever it came out, came on this like awesome yellow cartridge, and that was one of the first games I had to use my um, expansion pack on, I believe. It, yeah, it came with it. Yeah. Actually, it came in the box. So that that was a cool one. I think I, I played it straight for like two weeks, um, and then I had to go back to school because it was over like winter break. Right. And even then, I think I like pushed aside like my assignments on like I don't know. I had a mummy project I had to work on like in sixth grade. I'm like, nah. That gotta, sounded awesome. What I had to work fuck? on this. Well, it's Donkey Kong. I loved it. I always had to work on bullshit in school. And I don't know. That one was fucking cool, man. You got to play as the five different Kongs. Yeah. And everything about it was memorable to me. It was a great game. Yeah. It was it was fantastic. And, and to that day, like that final boss battle, like I still remember that shit. Uh, real quick before we jump off of the it's 20, 25th anniversary, mm-hmm. is there any weird, obscure games that you enjoyed on it? Because I have one in mind. Uh, you ever heard of Armorines? Mm. It's like Armor Marines. Armorines. I feel like I might have glanced the title because I've. Okay. It, it's essentially Starship Troopers, the video game. Oh, shit. It's Halo before Halo. Mm-hmm. Like it's same idea. You play as soldiered marines fighting bug creatures mm-hmm. on like uh, a different planet, mm-hmm. essentially. And it was one of the most fun games. I, I enjoyed the shit out of it. It was like like yeah, I remember there being kind of a renaissance of of shooters on that console because you know Golden I kind of opened up the floodgates for it. Yeah. And suddenly, and then you know you had games like Turok, Turok Two being mm-hmm. a Even notable better. example. Oh my god, the cerebral bore. My favorite weapon in games Amazing. to this day, dude. Oh my god, you have the dude's brain filtered out through a goddamn ball. It was so good. So good. Um, but yeah, Armorines. I remember putting hours into that game. Mm. Got it cheap. Got it on the low. It had a black cartridge. Okay. And I think it was on PS1 as well. But, you know, I you know, I didn't play it on PS1. Yeah, I don't remember that one. You don't remember that one? Do you have an obscure one? You got something weird for me? I think the two weird Maybe ones real weird. that I have are, that I think they're um, rare titles. Um, As in, like, the studio rare? Yeah, rare. Okay. So, like, you know, the ones I gave us, like, uh, Conqueror's Bad Fur Day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and Donkey Kong 64. Yeah, and, and that one. And GoldenEye. So it was Rocket Robot on Wheels. Yes. Which was just, like, a fun, like, platform of sorts. Yes. Where you You're, like, the levels. only other person that I know that. And, and, like, <laughs> that there, were, there were, like, collectibles in each level that you had to do based off of, like, the alphabet. So I think there were, like, t- 26 different things you could do in each level. Yeah. It was great. Um, and then uh, another rare game, Jet Force Gemini, which I feel like nobody really knows about. I didn't play that one, but I remember being a cover on a Nintendo Power. Yeah. I had that issue, and I was like, "This game looks dope." That game was fucking. And I'd be dope. like, "Dad, can I can I get this game?" And he'd be like, "Ha ha 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 ha!" I'm gonna go back to my book <laughs> and you're gonna stop bothering me. And that was a conversation. Man. Uh, but we have that in the house, don't we? No, we don't. I don't know what happened to that. I actually. thought we did. No, I was gonna pick it up from uh, Play and Trade or like the swap shop, like at some point, because I I need to have it back in my collection. And I think they actually re-released it as part of like the rare collection for the Xbox One. Um, did they? They did. Yeah, it's on there. Shit, I would pick up that that collection so, now. It's it's a really cool game. Uh, similar um, concept as like your armoring game, where essentially like you play as like one of three characters, uh, like it's a brother sister combo, and then this dog that <clears throat> has like jetpacks on his feet, and you basically go around to different planets and you fight like this race of bug people, like the various <laughs> ant-looking bug people. Yeah, where, whereas Armorines had a very uh, more mature kind of look to it. I remember this one having a very um, stylized, kind of reminded me of like, you know, other games of the era, Crash, and um, mm-hmm. what's the one I'm really thinking of? De- uh, Jack and Daxter. Yeah. That kind of style. That's, that's cool. I dug it. So that was a good one. I really enjoyed that. I dug the way it looked. Yeah. And play it. I hear it was cool. It was. I expected you to have it. Well, you can't expect everything from me. I do. We'll stop. As per usual. 
So yeah, man. I mean, that that's my little, I guess, nostalgia piece on the N64. I wouldn't be here today doing the show without it. And I'll mention for three seconds. Mm-hmm. Today is also, uh, at time of recording, by the way, it's the 26th. Yes, and this will probably get you guys on the 28th. <laughs> More than likely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> today is the 30th anniversary of Castlevania. What game? Ca- Castlevania. I've never heard of it. Ca- it's, uh, how do I describe it? Uh, basically, Dracula's up to some fuckery, mm-hmm. and you're a pretty religious dude, and so naturally it... It uh, burns your britches. And so you decide to go on a quest where uh, not only do you uh, yoke all of his homies, you go after him. Oh, shit. Yeah, pretty cool game. Came out on NES. So it's like Kill Bill meets Dracula. It's essentially Kill Bill meets Dracula. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like a Van Helsing situation. Shit. Right, but angrier. And with more more BDSM because you use a whip. Okay. (laughs) As your only means of destruction. Fuck. You just whip the shit out of anything that comes in your way. Yeah. You whip I've, it good. I've never played the original one, but I've played, you know, like Symphony Crime. of the Night. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Lords of Shadow, so. Yeah, no, some of the first I played were the, the DS ones, like Ario Sorrow and mm-hmm. Dawn of Sorrow and whatnot, and that kind of, that led me to Symphony of the Night, and then, you know, of course, I still petitioned for Lords of Shadow to this day, despite its terrible sequel. Which, by the way, small quote, Eurogamer did a great piece with uh, Dave Cox and, I forget his name, I forgive me, you can look it up, uh, the studio head at Mercury Steam. They've moved on to be an independent studio, hmm. and they have commented on Lords of, Shadows to, uh, Lords of Shadow 2 and have said, yeah, there's some, cha- there's some shit they would have changed, absolutely, the whole Rat minigame and all that, but there's one quote that I found uh, amazing, which is, but they're like, at the end of the day, was still one of the best-selling Castlevanias, and Lords of Shadow 1 still outsold Symphony of the Night. Damn. And we're talking about, like, that game has had since 97 to sell, and ours has only had since 2010. Yeah. That's some bold shit. That is. That's some bold shit right there. I think it's going to continue to sell more than those initial games. <sighs> Maybe. We haven't had a good re-release of Symphony of the Night since the Xbox Live Arcade one. So, mm-hmm. okay. I've got hope for you. So, Daniel, we're going to dive into this shit. We've got some heavy topics to deal with. Ooh, it's heavy news day. In the news. I'm going to start it off here. Number one. Capcom wants to be the world's number one game developer. See, I wasn't itemizing number one. I'm just saying that they want to be number one. Yeah, I was being, okay. I was being dramatic. Uh, <laughs> laid out within the company's annual report, the head of consumer games development, Yauchi Igawa, I'm sorry I'm butchering that, underlines a focus on retaining talented employees and making capital expenditures to strengthen their development capabilities. From Igawa's mouth, Going forward, as we aim to become the world's number one game developer, we feel that while it is of course necessary to advance and expand upon existing content, it is also necessary to take on new challenges. We cannot ignore genres such as shooting and strategy games with massive numbers of players when considering consumer online, and esports market growth potential. Igawa also pointed out that their own chairman demanded that the company reflect on whether or not a balance was being struck between meeting a game's release date and their overall craftsmanship. A subtle nod to Street Fighter V's launch day woes. I think that's an interesting one right there. I think they're reprioritizing a little bit because I feel like what they're not saying is that they realize they have fallen. <laughs> yes. The, you know, back behind in the, the trends and the times. Yeah, back in the day, Capcom had it fucking going on. They had, they had their finger in so many different puddings, essentially. Yeah. You know, especially the, one of the only companies that have that Marvel deal. Yeah. 
that was like, cool. God damn, Marvel versus Capcom, or or just the games before, like Marvel superheroes, mm-hmm. or or Street Fighter versus X Men. It was just like, damn, dude, you, Capcom was like on top. It was what a juggernaut of the world. They, they and had then, titles that I was excited to go to and yeah, go back to. Absolutely, and then they had some serious growing pains going into uh, last generation, mm-hmm. especially where you know they started doing a bunch of misfire games and trying to bring back. Uh, or at least iterate on franchises that didn't need quite the reboot that it needed. And I don't mean DMC. I love the shit of DMC. I'm talking oh. more about uh, Bionic Commando they did back in the day. Oh, shit. Really just subpar kind of, kind of. I guess it's a reboot. Yeah, it's a straight reboot. And then, you know, the biggest question is, where the fuck is Mega Man? Yeah, it's right. like, you want to be number one? Okay. Bring that back. Make Mega Man relevant again. Give us a game that, that we care about. Uh, and not just like, oh, yeah, here's another, you know, Mega Man 11. No, 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 no. It's time to revitalize that franchise and get it as many hands as possible. And I think they have an opportunity because Mighty Number no. 9 didn't steal that thunder from them. No. It, it failed. But but didn't the main creator go on to <clears throat> helm that? that yes, he thing? did, actually. So, he did, and it ended up being kind of a shit show. How are they going to move forward without him, the him then? Like, how are they going to move forward without him? I mean, yeah. there's been so many offshoots and sequels that uh, didn't have his uh, fingers on it as well. Okay. Um... But I, I think it's, it's, it's purely simple in the same way that you could say that Resident Evil still found life beyond um, uh, Mikami, uh, Shinji Mikami's creation. I mean, that, that's his baby, and he did notably one, had some involvement in two, mm-hmm. uh, and did part four. But there's some, I mean, the best-selling one that we talked about last episode is uh, part five mm-hmm. and has none of his involvement. Mm-hmm. But as we both know, Daniel, they will never be number one until they release Dino Crisis 4. I've been fighting for that tooth and nail for years now, Kevin. I like that tooth and nail? Yeah. More like tooth and claw. Ooh. Ooh. Tooth and talent. But seriously, get the fuck on it. Now, number two. Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot, I'm sorry I'm butchering that, has seen the Nintendo NX and thinks it's a fantastic machine. Gabbing with IGN, Yves expressed his excitement for Nintendo's unrevealed system, saying, It's a machine that will be easy to use for all gamers. They have built in something that will give us a chance to really have a different experience from what exists today. That's that's what I like. That they come with something new that is adapted to what we actually want now. <clears throat> it's been rumored over and over that the NX will be distinct from its competition, serving as both a handheld and, when docked, a home console playable on your TV. Despite a slew of confirmed titles, and despite a projected March 27 release, Nintendo has been disconcertingly quiet about the machine. Daniel, where is it? I do not know. I have no idea. I know today, I think there were prices leaked for it. I saw that, that it, that would be uh, 450 right? 350 I thought it was 450 Was it 450 Oh, that's impossible. Yeah. yeah, I think it's all 450 as well. Ooh, don't do that. No. <laughs> I, I don't think we're going to see any major details until like the holidays for it. Which is it's so weird, you know, uh, for from a, from an announcement to actual release. You feel that there would be... Uh, like a Nintendo Direct about it, or, or at least fucking something. Yeah. Or especially TGS, uh, Tokyo Game Show, came and went, and that was probably a platform to, for, for Nintendo to do it, to, to do their big reveal. But at the same time, they've been kind of distancing themselves from all public events like that, all gaming events mm. like that, which is, I guess, you know, it's part of this weird strategy where, like, we want to be so distinct that you can't help but notice us no matter what we do. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I get it. That serves you in a marketing perspective, but... The tech has to be there, too. you got to get us excited. Explain it to us, you know? Exactly. That was and the they, biggest problem with the Wii U. And they got some things that are pretty excited. Like, I, I like the whole throwback to the console. Or, not the consoles. The cartridges. Cartridges. I think that's really cool. Another rumor. We still yeah. don't know if that's true. That's true. <clears throat> but, it, you know, good authority. Number three, Mr. Daniel. Mm-hmm. 
Hello Games has a new patch for No Man's Sky, Nomansky, on PC and PS4. Patch 1.09 fixes a myriad of issues, big and minor, including corrupted save file recovery, menu bugs, and creature generation crashes. At the beginning of the month, the studio posted a development update, promising fans that their feedback and discussion is being heard. A community-slash-support management team has been hired that have categorized issues and are addressing them in order of priority. That update ends with a message. What matters now, as always, is what we do, rather than what we say. We're developers, and our focus is first on resolving any issues people have with the game as it is, then in future free updates, which will improve, expand, and build on the No Man's Sky universe. So I, I think that's interesting. They, you know, they kind of address the silence that we've been getting. I know Sean Murray, to this day, his last tweet was August 18th, talking about this game and talking to the fans about the game, yeah. which it just seems like he's just kind of caved in on himself after after the vitriol and bad reaction to this game. But, I got to wonder how he's feeling emotionally, <clears throat> if he's got, got a lot of anxiety about it or if he just doesn't feel too good about the whole situation. I would love to have an indie game, the movie part two, oh, that'd be cool. featuring him. And just kind of like behind the scenes. I know they didn't film anything for behind the scenes for No Man's Sky, no. but it would, it would be cool to at least you know get some Fallout action from yeah. them. Um, the the patch notes cool. Uh, addre- addressing the fans great, but I have to disagree. Um, it is as much what you say as what you do. <clears throat> at this point, it is going to be what you say. You need to address us on a more personal level and really address the collateral damage and the fallout of this game that kind of just flopped into us and didn't do anything with. Right, you know, you, you can de-escalate the situation by trying to be as transparent as possible. And I think yeah. in business, that's the most important thing, especially in our socially connected world. Yeah. Just be open with your fans, dude. Like, you know, I'll, you'll get your fucking trolls. You will. Yeah. You'll get your people that want your head on a pike. But you'll get a lot of people that support what you're doing and respect you for coming out there and being honest. That's all we really need. We talked about the last episode. I'll talk about it again. Just be honest about what's going on. Yeah. Be honest about what's missing from the game. Don't try to give us the marketing bullshit. Don't. Don't try to hide behind your your support team. Just be out there. And granted, this game is still going to continue to sell, regardless of whether they address it or not, because people are still going to be curious. <clears throat> and as it gets updated and things are brought to us like what we wanted, yeah, people are going to still check it out. And that's another thing. It, you know, For them to actually deliver on some of the features that are missing might bring people back into the fold. Mm-hmm. You know, At least the people that didn't get a goddamn refund on the game through yeah. Steam. Yeah, but the rest of them you bring back into the fold. Now, number four, I've got former CEO of Sony Computer Entertainment America, Jack Trenton, has shed some light on the PlayStation Vita's struggle in the handheld market. Interviewed by IGN, Trenton stated, Now that I don't work there anymore, I think internally it was, uh, this is a great machine. It's just too late. The world has shifted to portable devices that aren't dedicated gaming machines. Mr. Trenton went on to praise the original PSP for delivering a console experience within the portable realm, but points to the popularity of multi-purpose devices like smartphones and tablets as the reason the Vita never took off. He calls the Vita a nice machine that released when very few people needed a dedicated portable device. I'm sad about this. I am too. And I find that last statement hard to agree with because I feel like the Vita and the, the 3DS... Absolutely. That was came, the first thing on my mind. ...came out around the same time and the 3DS is still selling and outselling the Vita. So right. Why, why are you saying that the mobile gaming market is diminishing handheld gaming? It isn't. Right. <laughs> it, it's more about Sony's messaging and more about how they supported the console because obviously 3DS found a market. Yeah. And they found a market hard that some bitch outsold their Wii U. You know, I, yeah. I think you should look to the Wii U for more of a 
uh, similarity between the failure of Vita. And yeah, it's not a complete failure. It's not. It, yeah. In fact, it's a great system in and it of is. itself. It just didn't find its footing because they didn't know how to position it. And it came out at a weird time where it was right before PS4. They couldn't talk about PS4. It was at the tail end of PS3. It had more compatibility with PS3 at launch. You know, it just... Very, just very confusing time to launch that system. It's either they needed to release it earlier or later. It just came out at a weird fucking time. Yeah. And now it's just dead in the water. It's like, dude, we're waiting for you to give us a reason to care about the Vita. Like, we really are. Drop it to 150, you know? Drop it to 150, have another killer IP. I talked about this with my uh, my boy, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you, my dude. Um, we're talking about what they needed to do was Nintendo strategy, which is, by the way, we're going to have... We're going to have nostalgia experiences. We're going to bring back all of our old franchises in the same way that you can get uh, not one, but two Nintendo 64 Zelda games remade, remastered, better than you remember them, and a callback to A Link to the Past with A Link Between Worlds, which is a fantastic game. It's like they should have been doing, like, we should do a crash that you can only find on the Vita, a Sly Cooper only on the Vita. Bring back Medieval. You remember Medieval? Holy yeah. shit, bring that shit back. That'd been cool. Yeah, it's like that should have been the strategy. Like, here's a killer lineup of first-party games, and then since there's an audience, third-party wouldn't mind creating for it. Because right now, third-party's like, get the fuck out of here with Vita. Yeah. And I think it does do a cool thing that I believe the PSP did, um, where you could play the PlayStation 1 classics on it. Yeah, Um, you can definitely And that is cool. um, But, you know, like you said, I would like to see reimaginings or remasterings of older games. Because, I don't know, I feel like there's just a loss there. Yeah, and it feels like it's a perfect playing ground to take some risk where it's like instead of trying to do, let's say, like a PS4 medieval mm-hmm. and, you know, dump a AAA assets into that, no, do a smaller, more intimate experience yeah. and for the Vita and see if it finds its audience, see if it's worth bringing back, you know, and then that can be kind of a testing ground. I feel yeah. like there's so many opportunities there. I don't, I don't know very many people who own a Vita and the selection of games I've seen is small, but the titles on there are pretty impressive. They have like... Mm-hmm. Uh, Uncharted, Golden Compass. They have Persona titles. They have God of War titles, and everything that I hear from like f- fan feedback and my friends, even is like they love those games. Yeah, I still want one. I still yeah. to this day, mo- mainly because of the PS One games. You know, I want to be on a plane playing uh, Resi Two, my friend. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I I I want that machine. I think it's a great machine. I like the remote play aspect to it as well. Mm-hmm. It's just bad messaging and yeah. just a lack of support. I mean, that that's what it comes down to. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't blame smartphones for it because. You know, there's a bunch of smartphone games out there. There's so many more bad smartphone games than there are good ones. That there yeah. are compelling reasons to get one, especially the premium content. Some of that can be bad too. But. Yeah, I think it's maybe the accessibility with that. <clears throat> yeah, so. yeah, that's true. It's in everyone's pocket already. Why do I need another machine? This is this is a conceit that yeah, I, I can understand that. I can, but you can still make a compelling argument. Hmm. Now. Number five on my list is indie developer Campo Santo, or I should say Campo, right? Campo Santo and movie production company Good Universe have announced plans to create content for both video games and films together. The first project to emerge from the deal is a feature adaptation of Firewatch, Campo Santo's critically acclaimed game set in the wilderness of 1970s Wyoming. Good Universe's co-founder, Joe Drake, sang the indie team's praises to The Hollywood Reporter, stating, Finding extraordinary content is incredibly exciting, and with the Campo Santo team, we felt an immediate simpatico with their utterly beguiling storytelling and amazing creative instincts. Good Universe is responsible for such films as 
Neighbors 1 and 2. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I already lost them. Wow. This summer's Don't Breathe, which I haven't seen, heard it was good. I heard it was amazing. And 2013's Old Boy Remake. Ooh. Ooh, I lost you on that one, you didn't did. I? Ooh, boy. Well, they made their money on Neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Did you play Firewatch, by the way? No, I didn't, actually. I was going to ask you about it. <clears throat> it was good. It was a good game. Um, I remember people were like yelling at me because I didn't finish the game like at once. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, like in I, one sitting? Yeah, I, I, I did two hours of it, got to a certain point, and then dropped it for like three months. Did you have to do like a Witcher where you started over when you came Not at all. Oh I just God. kept going because I was like, I don't feel like going back. And like people are like, what the fuck, dude? It's, it's four hours. I'm like, yeah, I agree with you. But I'm going to do me. But I like those two hours that I had back then and I don't want them back. But it was, it was a cool game. I think it's very artistic, very cool uh, way to tell a story in mm-hmm. a game. Um, very little substance when it comes to actual gameplay. Yeah. You can explore the uh, environment, but there's not much to find, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. It's not it's not littered with notes like Gone Home is. It's not littered with narrative like you know Gone Home or, or um, whatever walking simulators are. Other games, <laughs> Other games like that. No, I was about to compare it to everyone... Uh, Ghost of the Rapture, or whatever the fuck you call it. Yeah, I, think I hated that game, to be honest with you. People were praising it. I, I think Firewatch is way superior to it, mm-hmm. and Gone Home is superior to both. Okay. Try Gone Home. You should. Did you pick it up when it was free? No, I did not. You done fucked up. You done... No, 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 no. It was only for the month. No, you me. done goof, buddy. Oh, shit, it's me. You done goof so hard. <laughs> so how, how do you think a movie adaptation of that will play out? Weird, because a lot of the hooks from that game... Uh, I'm pouring a drink right now, so you know. Uh, I like narrating what I'm doing yeah. on the podcast. You've always done that. <laughs> I really do. Just because we, we don't have a camera set up yet. We don't. Uh, some of the narrative beats, it's weird because you um, your main interaction was in a, with another character that you never quite see. Hmm. Like it's all through uh, walkie-talkie transmissions, essentially. And it's all first person, too. And I think that might be a little weird to try to replicate in the film. And I think the obvious choice is to not replicate that didn't they recently do that with this movie called uh, like hardcore henry yeah but that one tried to be like a stupid first person shooter kind of movie it wasn't trying to be like a uh you know minimalistic narrative driven character driven story dial it back and make it a more emotionally riveting and thrilling tale about these two characters or whatever it is in the story i don't even know i think it could have a better case for itself maybe maybe that might that might be a way to approach it uh i'm not sure i think there's a disconnect especially with like hd cameras because this game uh definitely had a, a very it had a very interesting visual flair to it that lent to the idea of it being first person mm-hmm. um just just a sight you're seeing the way that the graphics were i i don't know how you replicate that into a film mm-hmm. especially just like filming wyoming okay so we'll see they might have a clever way i just hope that they don't try to directly rip the game now danny we're gonna get in some big shit here yeah oh yeah we're gonna do a sidebar here uh go ahead drop it on me we're going to have a very soft main topic tonight, but we, Kevin and I both apiece, we have very topical news topics that we really want to get into and discuss because we feel like they're important and interesting in a way. Right. Um, this, this is his. They're topics in and of themselves, yeah. but they are spawned off in news, so we're going to get into it there, guys. The Facebook-owned VR company, Oculus, was rocked by a tidal wave of controversy last week when its 24-year-old founder, Palmer Lucky, was outed by the website The Daily Beast as a financial backer for a pro-Trump political group. Calling themselves Nimble America, the alt-right organization spreads their message through shitposting and meme magic. 
You have to to roll your eyes at that one. Yeah. Thought to be be behind a cavalcade of anti-Hillary imagery, the group takes credit for a billboard outside of Pittsburgh featuring a cartoonish representation of the Democratic nominee atop the text, Too Big to Jail. (laughs) Having sold Oculus to Facebook to the tune of $2 billion, Lucky claims he supported the group because, quote, I have a lot of money and it sounded like a jolly good time. Lucky refutes that he has any control within Nimble America beyond having made a $10,000 donation, even though he's listed as the group's vice president on its website. This contradicts the Daily Beast report, which states Lucky was behind the now-deleted Reddit account Nimble Rich Man, who posted on the very subreddit that spawned Nimble America. Blowback has been immediate. Several Oculus employees have resigned from their posts at the company, in addition to prospective hires retracting their applications. Game studios working with Oculus have gone so far as to condemn Lucky or outright pull their projects away from the company. Polytron was the first to cancel Oculus support, originally intending to use the VR headset for their upcoming title, Super Hyper Cube, and went on to publicly state, We cannot tacitly endorse these actions by supporting Lucky or his platform. Further adding, If you are a voting citizen of the United States, please remember the register and make your voice heard this November 8th. Do not let bigotry, white supremacy, hate, and fear win. Another VR developer, Scruta Games, refuses to support the platform until Lucky resigns. The dev posted on Twitter saying, It's not about politics. It's about the face of the company financially backing racist trolls. In a post made on Facebook, Lucky apologized for the negative impact his actions have had on Oculus and its partners. He also states that the recent articles written about him do not accurately represent his views. The young millionaire wrote that he is a libertarian and plans on voting for Gary Johnson this election. Lucky ended the statement with, My actions were my own and do not represent Oculus. I'm sorry for the impact my actions are having on the community. Whew. So there's a lot there, and a lot Damn. of people are uh, getting involved in this kerfuffle. Yeah. And there, there, there's a few sides to this argument. Um, and then one notion that, that kind of comes to my mind, obviously, I hate Trump. I'm going to say that right. I, I fucking hate, do too. I fucking hate Trump. I think he is, he, he's living poison. And if he's to be elected, that's four years that we're not going to get back. And that's something that... Of irreversible damage. In the right. Way. As a voting American, you need to think about that. You need to think to yourself, think back to the eight years of Bush that you had Mm -hmm. and think about that being multiplied by ten. We, and this is not an original statement to myself, but we've never had a dictator before. This is the closest Mm -hmm. we're going to get to it. And I understand that. I understand not wanting, wanting, uh, especially uh, on the part of studios working with Oculus, not wanting to have any attachment to that idea. Even if Lucky is just a poster board for the company and literally has nothing to do, although it is stated that uh, he is still uh, technically working at Facebook. Okay. Yeah, on the Oculus project, so... It, it just blows my mind that he, uh, just for shits and giggles, and because he was bored and had the money to blow, he's like, you know, I'm going to fucking support this and throw money at it. Right. But what? For funsies. And um, I think we were talking about it. I don't think it would have had nearly as negative of like a blowback had he not been so public about it. You know, had he been more privatized in his support, um, if, you know, he actually did support Trump. Mm-hmm. Nobody would have cared as much because he would have been, you know, behind the doors about it and it would be this public display, really. Right. He could have been a private benefactor, but um, 
this report by the Daily Beast uh, is in lieu of, a, or not in lieu of, it's because of an interview that he had with these guys. Oh. And, you know, he said that he was behind the nimble rich man um, user mm-hmm. account, essentially, and has later refuted it over and over again that he had no part in it. Mm-hmm. And then the Daily Beast circled back and said, yeah, you absolutely did. Here's the email stating that. Yeah. Um, you got the receipts, my friend. But, you know, that's it's a little besides the point. It's, it's, it's really just like... Yeah, I, I totally believe you're allowed to support whichever candidate that you think is right for the job. Go ahead, you know, privately. Yeah. <laughs> Do your thing. And, yeah, he was kind of ousted. He was kind of put into the forefront, put in the spotlight. And it's like, does it really have that much to do with Oculus? And you got to think of the ramifications right here. It's like there are, I imagine, hundreds of people working on this project right now, working to support this VR tech mm-hmm. that do not support Trump. Yeah. That maybe have never even met fucking Palmer Lucky. Mm-hmm. That do not support his views. Do not view the world in the same light. That, that they don't even give a shit about politics. As far as I'm aware, a lot of people in gaming don't give a shit about politics. I don't mean to speak for everyone. I do. I don't mean. But that's not yeah. a conversation that comes up as much as the craft itself, or as much as the industry itself. When I'm talking with some gaming friends, mm-hmm. um, and it sucks. It sucks that they're being dragged into this light right now. Yeah, they are. But I do have one other thing. Okay. It's a little nefarious, and I think more people are focusing on this whole pro-Trump group thing Mm -hmm. than this. Okay. This has not been the only controversy surrounding the company in the last year. In 2014, ZeniMax, Bethesda Softworks' parent company, filed a lawsuit against Oculus VR alleging that a significant amount of technology found in the Rift headset was stolen from the publisher. (laughs) In an amendment filed this year, as reported by Game Informer, The lawsuit further calls out id Software co-founder and former ZeniMax employee John Carmack for copying thousands of company-owned files and outright stealing VR tech from its premises. Oculus CEO Brendan Irav is implicated in the case as having constructed a public image of Lucky as an innovator and genius in the VR space. ZeniMax purports that Lucky lack the training, expertise, resources, or know-how to create commercially viable VR technology, and that his computer programming skills were rudimentary. The jilted publisher claims that Lucky relied on ZeniMax's computer program code and games to demonstrate the prototype Rift. In a statement provided to GameSpot, an Oculus spokesperson wrote, This complaint filed by ZeniMax is one-sided and conveys only ZeniMax's interpretation of the story. We continue to believe this case has no merit, and we will address all of ZeniMax's allegations in court. This I find more interesting. It got a little dredged up because of this whole Palmer lucky bullshit. Yeah. Um, that is a steeper allegation than somebody supporting yeah. uh, some asshole candidate, essentially. That he stole technology. And not just him, that they acted as like a trifecta. Yeah. That uh, for the... The article, you can go over to the GameSpot. GameSpot has the most comprehensive article uh, detailing the ZeniMax lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And you can also go back to the Game Informer article that has the uh, particulars about it. But it's stating that John Carmack, the guy that fucking came up with Doom alongside John Romero, mm-hmm. uh, essentially at the tail end of his days at id Software, stole these files, put it on a USB drive, just came into the company, took all these fucking files... Dip the fuck out <laughs> and used it for Oculus. And they've been just stating that it's their shit, that, it, that it's their technology that they've been doing it. And 
That's a crazy accusation right there. Yeah, it is. That should be bigger goddamn news yeah. than he supports Trump, than Lucky supports Trump. Because in, in this article, it's saying that he's more of a puppet. He's just a rich puppet. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. For funding and developing. Right. The, a rich puppet who is worth $700 million, by the Jeez. way. I should state. I think because of those dollars, they're like, we'll put your name on it. We'll make you seem like you were the main developer. I don't know. Are they trying to make a scapegoat out of them? Maybe. They might. <laughs> I mean, what a perfect scapegoat that he's out there, you know, <sighs> stating bullshit and whatnot. That's crazy. You're right. People should be talking about this a little more because that's big cutting edge technology for people to just kind of be like copying blueprints and then right. using it in another way. Right. And if this is true, then, uh, you know, again, there are people who need to eat. There are people that are working for this company that believe in the tech that may not know anything about this. And my heart goes out to them, mm-hmm. obviously. The, 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 that's a fucked up situation. That, that's a fucked up situation to be caught in the middle of, yeah. if it's true. Well, who does the hammer come down on in that situation? The hammer would come down on John Carmack, on Brendan Irab, okay. and it would come down on Lucky. Okay. If he's still affiliated with the company as okay. is. Um they would come down on them, and then who suffers is the employees of the company, mm. especially if the company folds. True. Uh, depending on how they want to settle the suit, yeah. which we have no information beyond that right now. Um, and it sucks. It really sucks. Because, uh, you know, th- that's the thing. I don't think about, like, oh, yeah, these guys are going to get their comeuppance. I just think about the people that are working for them that don't yeah. know anything about this or or aren't involved in this in any any way possible. It sucks. That would suck. You imagine you're working for a company, one day you find out that your bosses are up to some shit mm. and it's gonna cost you. You're out of a job. And that's on that's on your fucking record. Maybe you try to get a job at somewhere else, you know? At a different studio and they're like, wait a second, you worked at Oculus? The company that stole that fucking uh information and had that that Trump supporter <laughs> working for it too? Yeah, no we're gonna have to blacklist. It's not good. Yeah. It's not a good situation. That sucks. And I really hope for the best in this situation for yeah. everyone involved. I don't give a shit about Lucky or Brendan or even John Carmack. No, at this point, no. Fuck them all. But exactly, fuck them. <laughs> it, it would be an interesting story to keep up with and see where it goes, if anywhere. Or I should say, fuck them until proven not guilty. Sure. Right. Um, yeah, That this is one to follow. This is one. This, I To me, this is way more relevant than him supporting some goddamn meme posting website. Yeah. Fuck, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that shit. Because it's not like he's running like a full-fledged like slander <laughs> campaign, and even if he was, like, what does it really matter? It amounted to a billboard. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a bunch of memes. Awesome, man. Ten grand well spent. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, Daniel. My guy. I'm going to let you take over right here. Okay. I said enough. I'm going to just drink my drink, and I'm going to listen to you. Okay. In your sweet, sweet words. My sweet, saccharine words. Well, please, do interject. Give me your and, sweet sack. And, and, and give me any feedback you've got here, my friend. Gotcha. Um, first bit of news here, uh, really unbelievable for me and, and Kevin himself when I mentioned to it, but here it is. Believe it or not, there is a Fruit Ninja movie in the works. hey According to John Fingus of the site Engadget, New Line Cinemas has secured the rights to the mobile game and is working on a script with the game's creator, <laughs> Half Brick Studios, and producer Trip Vincent of the Brendan Fraser-centric adventure Journey to the Center of the Earth. Shit, yes. The widely played finger-swiping fruit-slicing mobile game is being imagined <laughs> for the silver screen as a live-action comedy. I like that one. Focusing on a motley crew of, well... Fruit ninjas who will rise from their stations and save the world. From fruit? Yeah, imagine like, uh, I don't know, three ninjas. Uh... Which, amazing film. Amazing yeah. Film. Um, first of all, we need a reboot. 
of three ninjas <laughs> like instantly and we need to get the kids from stranger things to star in it that'd be amazing boom yeah but that's like what are they saving the world from is there like some nefarious villain who is creating sentient fruit monsters that's a, like what? that's a bad message to give the kids to be afraid of fruit yeah fruit is the bad guy so they gotta they gotta play it pretty pretty on the level here. We spent so much time doing this. I, right. Maybe it's like a Cotty uh, with a chance of meatball situation where like the fruit turns on them. It's initially good, but then they have to ward it off Got, somehow. Or, or it's like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Ah. You remember that cartoon I back in the nineties based on that weird film that I never watched in my life? Mm. That fucked me up from tomatoes, man. I still hate tomatoes. Really? I hate raw tomatoes. Oh. I don't like them either, actually. They are the devil's fetus. <laughs> Shit. When you crack that shit open, disgusting. Oh. Consistency, disgusting. Especially when you hear of like salmonella breaks and all that stuff too. It's like, ah, even worse. No, I don't care about that, but I'm not surprised. I just don't like the look of them. I don't okay. like when you cut them open at least. Like they're fine. You're like, oh, you're like a really red apple. Let me let me check you mm-hmm. out. And you cut it open, it's like this this wet, soft, fleshy matter. You don't have to tell me, man. I spent oh. years like uncoring tomatoes and slicing them in, in the food industry and I'm, I'm over them. I'll never hold a tomato again in my life. <laughs> He's traumatized. Um, so yes, this last bit. Um, this acquisition follows the success of the mobile craze of Angry Birds, which was adapted for film uh, back this past May and according to an August post from Engadget, has since grossed over $346 million worldwide. Good fucking God. That's fucking crazy. Um, this is such a fucking thin concept for me. Yeah. Um, but I do mm-hmm. see a lot of film studios maybe down the line um, taking these no narrative having mobile games and adapting them for the screen and doing what they will with them because it's like we talked about like it's hard to adapt in an honest way a game to the screen because you have fans who are like well I want to see it happen this way but mm-hmm. like mobile games like Angry Birds or um, Fruit Ninja like there really is no expe- expectation yeah. for it yeah so they, right. the sky's the limit with those and I don't know. I don't really know what's going to happen with this, but I mean, yeah, I guess I would be interested to see if they do meet at least their budget and make that back, yeah. and if they could even hit the numbers of Angry Birds. It's almost perfect to adapt, like the Ouija board <laughs> movies getting like a prequel or some shit. Yeah, actually, I'm not even sure if any of the Ouija movies are affiliated. I don't know. I just assume because it says Ouija. Yeah, I don't even know what the studio is doing. Is that Lionsgate? <laughs> Probably. Usually. Um, <laughs> I That's their little, jam, yeah. I, I did a little fun thing here where I was like, let's let's come up with some taglines for this because like I oh, yeah. I need to be sold by this movie somehow. Um, and I came up with four. And if you can think of one, okay, I'm yeah, all, yeah, I'm yeah, doing this. You. I'll throw them at you. So this is my first one. Without a seed of a doubt, Fruit Ninja will slice through the competition into the pulp of your heart. Weak. Yeah, that's a weak one. Go on. You'll want to make sure not to hear about this one through the grapevine. You don't know what taglines are, are you? <laughs> Those are taglines, man. They're too long. No, what do you mean? It's like a subtitle. What do you? Does it have to be a punch? Yeah, okay. they gotta be punchy. They gotta be very short. All right. Orange, you're glad you paid money for this. I like that one. You like that one? I like that one. It's a good one. <laughs> and this last one, you'd be bananas not to see Fruit Ninja. That's pretty good. Okay. Too. <laughs> or like you know, a cut above the rest. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's gotta be very simple. Okay. It's gotta not be even like a full sentence with clauses. It just. It literally has to be <laughs> something that somebody who's very stupid, I imagine glances at and goes <laughs> yeah like just like that the sort of people fruit ninja is catering to the moment you get that out of a person you have their twenty dollars oh, shit. boom and you have them buying an extra large popcorn you have them buying a dr pepper as well the entire infrastructure depends on these stupid motherfuckers to go <laughs> at the tagline do you hmm. understand me we're getting in the film we're gonna we're gonna make a film you and i 
Yeah. Well, don't let me handle the tagline. I'm going to skip that two verbose. You and me, we're going to make fast 14. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> What about the other seven in between? That's the br- That's the beauty of it. We're going to make 14 right after eight. Okay. People are like, what the fuck? It's like, it's high fucking octane. That's the tagline, actually. Fuck. High fucking octane. From eight to 14 in two seconds. <laughs> yeah. Really You're getting it. Wow. I like that. Yeah. Okay. We got a career. Wrapping that one up. Yeah. On to my next one here. Uh, Ubisoft will take a leap of faith and be opening their own <laughs> book publishing division. How do you not know... You see, that was a tagline right there. <laughs> you did it. I think my headlines progressively get better as yeah, I go because yeah, I've been yeah, working yeah. on Punch it. Punch here. <laughs> you can work for fucking uh, Deadspin or some shit. That'd be awesome. Go ahead, man. Okay, so Ubisoft in the past has already worked closely with comic and book publishers to bring some of their tales to your hands in a different medium. Titles in the past brought to the page include The World of Might and Magic, The Action Compendium, various Assassin's Creed novels, art books, complete visual histories, and encyclopedias, and most recently Tom Clancy's The Division, The New York Collapse, which serves as a fictional companion to the game. Under the name Ubisoft Publishing, the studio will now be more able to bring extended lore of beloved franchises like Far Cry, the Tom Clancy games, and of course, Assassin's Creed to fans. The first book being brought to us is Assassin's Creed Heresy. According to Carrie Honea of PlayStationLifestyle.net, it is being written by Christy Golden, who previously wrote, uh, penned the two Assassin's Creed novels, Blackbeard the Lost Journal and Assassin's Creed Unity Abstergo Employee Handbook. And it tells the story of a modern-day Templar with a 14th-century narrative involving Joan of Arc. That's pretty typical, actually. Yeah. Despite the new division opening, Ubisoft President Laurent Detoc, I don't know, you got cautioned that they will not publish every extended universe book in-house and will continue to work with such valued publishers as Penguin Random House, Scholastic, Insight Editions, and Titan Comics. Assassin's Creed Heresy is set to hit shelves November 15th of this year, a month before the new Assassin's Creed movie starring Michael Fassbender in December. Got a little media empire going on there. Yeah, right? Trying to get their hands on everything. People read books still? I think so. I, I don't know. I, I envy the sort of people who read these like extended lore books because I've never really had the heart for it. Like I know there are a lot of books from franchises I love, like the Bioshock books or right, the Mass right. Effect series or even like the Zelda like manga. And I'm just like, I've never really cared for anything past what the game has given me, if it, especially if it's a strong enough narrative. There's sometimes that I want to dive into the world. I know uh, Borderlands has some comics and whatnot. And I thought Borderlands is such a rife world where that part one and even to an extent part two didn't really dive into. Uh, whereas Tales from the Borderlands was like, holy shit, there's so much more that can be done with yeah. this universe that I'm so fascinated by. Hmm. Um, and then there's, um, God, what, what was a good extended? Halo had an amazing, yeah, amazing run of novels. Some were whatever, like First Strike, get the fuck out of here. And then there's one that was literally a retelling of the first game. But Fall of Reach, they did a treatment for that fucking uh, script into a movie. Or I mean, say, that book into a movie. And that was supposed to be your Halo film. That was Mm -hmm. one that Universal and I think Paramount backed out of. Which is so upsetting. So upsetting because... Was that the treatment we saw from, like, uh, what's his name, Neil? Neil Bloomkamp. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, what's-his-face Hobbit dude was producing. Jack uh, something. Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. There you go. Jack, you got me. You Jack got me. Peters. Come on, whatever. The guy that made Dead Alive. I yeah. don't know why people reference Lord of the Rings all the time. It's Dead Alive. It's his most famous film. Fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> King Kong was also his second most that, famous that's film. That's true, yeah. Most recently. 
So, I don't know. It's cool. I think there's a lot of richness and history and, mm-hmm. and lore in those novels. And, I mean, you get a lot in terms of, like, data logs and, and uh, found in-game stuff that you have to research in the game itself. So, yeah, cool. Give the fans more. That's what they want. Sure. So, moving on to my next bit of uh, news here. Also involving books. Weird. You thought this was like a gaming podcast, right? Right. I don't like books. I don't like what you're doing. Well, I shut up. Think. And you're going to read this. Okay. I, I'm going to hear it. You're going to hear it as I read it. All right. I like audiobooks. That's what you are. I need a better voice for audiobooks. I need like yeah, a, you do. Like an Alan Rickman voice. Rest in peace. I don't want that. Oh, okay. I don't want that at or all. Or like an Idris Elba voice. Would you like that? Oh, I would love that. Like, oh my like God. Idris Elba? Whew. <laughs> 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 all right. So... Winded here. Minecraft novel in the works by World War Z's Max Brooks. Hey, That's crazy, actually. I love him. What? Um, entitled Minecraft the Island, developer Mojang has confirmed that it'll be the first in a series of Minecraft books. Having trouble imagining how the cuboid sandbox adventure that has been digging its way into millions of homes will translate to the page? Well, here's Mojang's Marsh Davis's idea for it. Think of a cuboid version of the 1719 novel Robinson Crusoe, but matter. A hero is stranded in an unfamiliar land with unfamiliar rules learning to survive against tremendous odds. He went on to say, quote, I've peeked at an early draft and it's entirely amazing, just as we knew it would be, end quote. This marks another huge step for the franchise, which has already grown well past the initial game and spawned various other titles, Minecraft Story Mode, Minecraft Education Edition, and even has a film in the works in uh, coming in ni- 2019. Good God. That's crazy. While there's no set date yet, it will be published through Del Rey, which is the science fiction branch of Penguin Random House. Oh, my boy! My boy, Max Brooks. I mean, I don't give a shit about Minecraft. None of that was interesting beyond yeah. Max Brooks' involvement. I well, listened... that, that's what actually called me to. I was like, yeah. really? You got this guy who did this amazing book, and he did what, the zombie survival guide as well? Yeah, he did. Um, um, and he's doing a new comic... Or at least he's doing like one issue to a comic that uh, it's like a series that Alan Moore mm-hmm. is like hosting. Interesting. This guy's fucking, he's brilliant. He's great, but he's, yeah. a, he's such an everyman. I listened to him <laughs> on the Nerdist podcast okay. with uh, Chris Hardwick, and I could listen to that dude all day. And uh, one of our fans out there, I won't name who, thinks I sound exactly like the guy. Hmm. And like when Morgan listened to it, she was like looking at me like, yeah, <laughs> you sound exactly like Max Brooks. I'll but, have to find that because I, I don't know what he sounds like. It was a great podcast. You can check it out. Max okay. Brooks is my dude. My dude, my guy. Which he had nothing to do with the film. I'll continue to say it to this day. Please do. The film sucked big old balls. That Marva film. Extended cut or not. <laughs> it's just fucking cut it out of your life. Right. That's the cut I want. Okay, moving away from one medium and back into games. Uh, the rise. Thanks, of- dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you, my guy. Yeah. The Rise of the Tomb Raider coming to PlayStation Pro and PlayStation VR. While the newest prequel title was initially and exclusively released on Xbox One, it is now coming to PlayStation players in a huge way. While Croft's Rise was first brought to the screen in 1080p, it will now be able to be played in glorious 4K thanks to the PS Pro and will make her adventure feel even more lifelike. Additionally announced last week by the PlayStation blog, we will also be able to experience the thrill of being Lara Croft through her own eyes in PlayStation VR. Sony detailed it a bit more. The new mode for PlayStation VR is called Blood Ties, and it takes place chronologically within the story. It's a side quest selectable from the main menu, and is purely explorative content that takes place in the Croft Manor. It sees Lara returning home to uncover a family mystery. You will look through her belongings and the manor, piece together clues, and uncover secrets to learn how to reclaim the dilapidated manor as her own. End quote. As from the puzzle-solving and light-exploring, there will also be tons of Easter eggs scattered about the mode from previous entries, which should be exciting for long-term fans. The VR mode will be able to be played not only in first, but third person as well. 
whereas the Tomb Raider is coming to players October 11th with the VR mode releasing on the 13th and will be coming to the PS Pro later in November. I thought we established before the podcast it's Lara. I'm saying Lara. 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 I've been hearing back and forth, man. Lara. I always said it, Laura. And Middle I... America dudes would say Lara. Lara? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not very Midwestern. Yeah, yeah, you're not Midwestern. So, Lara. whatever. Hear it as you want. I'm going to piece to both Hear it as I want? Because I'm a name pronouncing <laughs> every man here. I'm not yours? hearing it the way I want. Well. <laughs> no, that's good. I know you're excited because you didn't get your hands on Rise of the Tomb Raider. I didn't. Yeah, I, I played it on Xbox One, and I thought to myself, oh, Jesus Christ, I wish I was playing on PS4. Yeah. <laughs> like... I, what were we saying? Like the controller setup and the controller itself just wasn't comfortable. I, I really dislike using the Xbox One controller. I know that's an unpopular opinion for mm-hmm. anyone that likes Xbox, I guess. Okay. But I just think the DualShock is fucking great. So yeah. I don't want to say superior, but I'm thinking it. I'm thinking it out loud. For your needs, it's it's more suited to you. Absolutely. And I, you know, I played the original uh, Tomb Raider on PS3. Mm. Or, I mean, say the reboot Tomb Raider yeah. on PS3, and then I played the uh, definitive, definitive edition on my PS4. Mm-hmm. And then go over to the Xbox One, I was just like, jeez, I didn't even finish the game. Oh, shit. I did. I was like, ah, fuck this, I'll wait, I'll wait a year. <laughs> so here we are, a year later, and it has all this extra content. You yeah. fucking fight zombies. Yeah. And it is well. I'm like, you, you got me. You got me sold. I think it was well worth the wait, actually. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't hear shit about it when it came out for the Xbox One. I don't think people were really talking no, about it. No, and I did it. hear a quote uh, from some of the people behind it, uh, Crystal Dynamics, mm-hmm. saying that if they could have had... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm getting it confused. Let's see. I mean, yeah, that, that was such a weird move for them to be Xbox One only, but, you know, there's the forces that be, whatever Microsoft yeah. helped with uh, development or, or whatnot happened. But I think it was a bad move. I think, and that and they released it at a weird time. They Remember, did. It went up against. Uh, God, was it? Was it Call of Duty? They yeah, it was like against? a November or like December release last year. It was a weird release. It went up against a game that it shouldn't have been. This one actually, I noticed, is going up against Gears of War Four. Oh jeez, another stupid fucking time to come out. I know it's PS4 yeah. only right now. The this edition of the game, but goddamn, <laughs> goddamn, dude, just it should have came out. It should have came out this month actually. Yeah. Especially if they had it, but if it was like a time lock deal with Microsoft and they could only release it at this point, then I mean that's kind of what they got to do. That's true. That's so, true. And they want to get it in, you know, before the holidays. So, but interesting to see the PSVR support on it. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and people have gotten their hands on it. and They say it's like kind of like really cool to go through this like manor and like explore like caves and cellars and like all the things that they kind of put into it. Um, and I think it's cool that you can explore both in third and first person, which mm-hmm. I almost. Till the moment of I read that, I thought, "Why? Well, most of everything in VR is going to be in first person, right?" But I guess yeah. not, hmm. isn't it? Yeah, weird. Yeah, it's different. Weird. So that's cool. I'll pick it up. Um, and here is my next and last bit of news before we roll into our topic for this episode. Um, like Kevin's, it's going to be a heavier one, more, <laughs> you know, worth more discussion and thought and one that's kind of like an ever-pressing issue and not only our gaming community but um the community as a whole and a lot of this is uh not going to be in my words a lot of it is taken from a kotaku article written by um cecilia de anastasio um and a lot of it is also taken from the original blog post i can't claim credit to that um i'm going to kind of just paraphrase here and there so kind of bear with me i thought the story was kind of important to get i'm here for you brother so we've he, already lost all of our listeners, but I'm here for you. What Don't with you the worry. the Donald Trump shitting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here it is. 
Super Smash Bros. player published a sexual consent guide and has been met with heavy criticism. According to Cecilia de Anastasio of Kotaku in a lengthy September 22nd article, Neha uh, Setri, sorry if I'm butchering that, a female competitive player in the Super Smash Bros. community, published a thoroughly informed blog post on the Smash Bros. blog, <clears throat> Melee It On Me. Setri's September 15th post entitled Smashers Against Sexual Assault is a call to arms on sexual conduct citing the frequency of sexual assault, defining consent, and iterating how to respond to victims and offering accountability practices for alleged perpetrators of sexual misconduct. She opens the post with, quote, The U.S. Justice Department defines sexual assault as any type of behavior that occurs within the explicit consent of the recipient. Example, forced sexual intercourse, forcible sodomy, child molestation, incest, fondling, and attempted rape, end quote. Topics such as what is rape and what should consent look like are used as intro ideas for plain as day advice on sexual behaviors. One idea Setri cited by Anastasio is, quote, if you feel like you need to convince someone into sex, stop and then don't do it, end quote. In her post, Setri quotes dozens upon dozens of research papers and governmental studies to back up her stats about sexual assault in and out of the gaming community. A couple of the many stats include one in three women worldwide has, have been sexually assaulted. 8 out of 10 victims knew their assailant. 54% of rapes go unreported. And lastly, 97% of rapists, rapists do not serve a single day in jail. She even reiterates, quote, Remember, no matter what clothes they are wearing, no matter how provocative you, are, you find that they are acting, enthusiastic consent is verbal and leaves no doubt. End quote. As if she even needed to, Setri ends the post on a note of justification saying, Sexual assault isn't a woman's issue, or a gaming issue, or a men's issue. It is a human issue. Do your part to keep our Smash scene safe. Naturally, Setri's post was met with heavy backlash from the Smash community and the gaming community as a whole, and it was debated whether or not this topic was even relevant. Her guide was called, and I quote, ridiculous inflammatory propaganda that was unrelated to the Smash community and even biased. But the thing here is, the issue is not unrelated to Smash or even the gaming community. According to Kotaku, over this past summer alone, five female Smash players came forward about alleged sexual assault brought on by male members of the community. And more notably, this past July, known Smash streamer Vicky Kitty came forward saying that she was sexually assaulted in a hotel room by known Smash 4 player uh, Hayuga. While it is no excuse, Hayugo responded by saying that he was, quote, drunk and that he didn't remember what happened, but he would not that he would accept all consequences and punishments. Stories like this are fortunately not all that uncommon in the gaming sphere, and most instances have gone untold as women in the community are afraid to come forward. Now, this isn't Setri's first voicing of the topic either. She's been writing and speaking out about it for years. In 2014, she published The Voices of Women in Super Smash Bros. Community, which was essentially a report based on various interviews with 53 of the female players in the Smash community. About 1 in 5 reported being assaulted by other players and to describe the sort of discomfort they feel when players throw around short-sighted and unnecessary vernacular during matches, such as using the term rape to say they beat somebody. She even goes on to expose common houses for assault in the community known as Smash Fest and Smash Hotels, where sexual predators will use this as an opportunity to lure people in and assault one another. Since her post went live, the community has been trying to place the relevance of the dissertation within the Smash community. While she's had many people stand against her, people are coming forward daily to support her and even telling their own stories and bringing more light and knowledge to the problem. Now, I probably haven't really done like the articles, their respective justice, and I do implore you guys to go check them out on Kotaku mm. and um, on the Melee blog, respectively. Um, it is an important read, and it's very relevant, despite what people are saying about it. I agree. It. I agree. Um, 
And in the gaming community, whether it be in competitive circles or simply in cosplay circles, this is happening and it's affecting people. Like, the Smash community is a huge one, and I think um, with the right tools like this, they have uh, a huge band of players that can come together and really make a difference, whether it's, you know, increasing awareness or kind of just stepping up for your fellow gamer, you know? Really basic stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, That is all I got on the main piece. Um, I had basically... uh, comb through some of the comments on the article itself. Um, on I Kotaku. did as well. You and me are of the same ilk. And some of them were kind of disheartening. Uh, I wouldn't say all of them I found were disgusting, but you know, no. more or less they make light of the situation, which is a serious issue, and they kind of validate her words. And uh, some of the comments I came across read, um, quote, this is dumb. Quote, mm-hmm. it's not that kind of smash. Quote, it's a fun, it's a video game for fun, not sure how sexual assault comes into play. Right. Quote, no one likes being reminded not to rape others. It creates an awkward environment. Quote, at the end of the day, people will do what they want to do. I want to stop those two especially. Yeah. I want to stop you. It it makes a kind of awkward environment. Is that what that reads? That's what that reads, yes. It creates an awkward environment. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm, so, I'm sorry, you poor little butterfly. Right? This awkward environment has invaded your world of Smash. Right. But the problem is... And then I remember reading something in the comments, uh, uh, especially, is that a lot of people's conceptions of consent are completely steamrolled mm-hmm. by some of the things that this uh, this this player wrote. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yes, they're they're you need to have it steamrolled because obviously you have it wrong. Yeah, and obviously this is something that's being spread about, and for people to invalidate it perpetuates it exactly you know that, that that's a huge issue for some people like oh i don't even, i don't want to think about it I, it makes me uncomfortable yeah well good it should make you uncomfortable it's happening around you and it's fucking wrong <laughs> now i can't even necessarily say that it's like aggressive males or massages like i don't know it's i think it's both men and female and you know whoever it be that are coming forward and saying these things and it's just like no we can't be on the opposite side of this issue we all need to kind of be on the same page here <laughs> Right, exactly. Like, uh, there's no two ways about mm-hmm. consent. No, there really isn't. And I just, I think the worst thing is to basically turn the other cheek to the issue. Mm-hmm. That some of these people are saying, like, oh, it kind of makes things awkward. I don't want to think about it. Well, imagine how these people feel who have to go to these things that are safe places for them, whether they're tournaments or conventions, and they're being assaulted when they didn't ask for it. Right. Like, I don't care about your awkward environment like you know it's about the comfort of others and and not having emotional traumas brought onto them when they don't belong there exactly it's like in the same way that you wanted like hey it's just about smash and playing games and all that well yeah it should be about that Mm -hmm. but you need to make the effort to actually continue to maintain that environment and that fucking changes the moment that something like this happens yeah or the moment that you know I, there's a term, there's rape culture is a term, yes. essentially. And it's like a lot of sentiment, so sentiments like that where it's like, I don't want to think about that mm-hmm. or that's dumb. That only services rape culture. That only makes it seem okay to, let's say, one out of nine guys will ever, ever commit a rape. But if the eight other dudes are joking about it, making light of it, or the fucking worst thing, the worst thing that I fucking hate is that we use to be, and in the article, I think uh, the writer actually even says, to be completely dominated in the game, we refer to as being raped. Yes. What the fuck? And so this, the statistic goes that if these eight people are joking about it and making light of it, 
you're supporting that one rapist. Mm-hmm. You're making him feel like, okay, cool, this is normal. You're normalizing the events yeah. in his mind. Where it's like, okay, cool, this is what consent means. To try and try again, try harder. She really wants it, actually. Yeah, look at how she's dressed. And I I take it a bit personally, because um, yeah. I've run into a few events uh, where I have witnessed... Uh, sexual harassment around me, mm-hmm. and, or, and th- there's one that comes to mind that wasn't I wasn't a parlay to, but I heard about, uh, and I think it was spread through Twitter, was that somebody was coming off of E3. Mm-hmm. I imagine somebody, a member of the press, saying that they just had to recover from being drugged because somebody mm-hmm. meant to roofie one of the female friends in their party. And this happened at E3. Jeez. And we're supposed to be a progressive industry. Yeah. We're supposed to be forward thinkers. We're supposed to be. We're not the jocks. We're not the asshole businessmen. We're we're just some nerds that love video games. That's what it is, right? No. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. <laughs> sexual harassment is sexual harassment, no matter where you go. And so a more personal instance was that I was at the... Um, uh, there was an RTX party earlier this year. I told you about this. Yeah, right? you did. Um, you know, went with a few other vendors and whatnot, and a little VIP access, and there was uh, one gentleman... Uh, it was at like a bar. We're up at a loft. We were drinking, and I think we got there pretty early, and it started to ratchet up after that. But there's this one gentleman walking around, and he he looked absolutely fucking hammered. I don't know what was wrong with the guy. He wasn't really speaking coherently or anything. Yeah, coherent sentences or whatnot. And I remember he was going around with these cups of water, and he was offering it to all the girls there. Mm-hmm. And he came up to me and Morgan, my girlfriend, came up to her and offered it to her. In front of our faces, and we were just like, nah, dude, we're good. Why don't yeah. you drink the water? Blah, blah, blah. Walk away. Come to find out that this guy was uh, drugging the water and pretty much harassing every chick there. And we had, like, I remember he was standing right next to us, and some bouncers walked up to him and started to have a little conversation. He was mm-hmm. like, no, 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 everything's fine. Blah, blah, blah. And they kind of left him alone. And they fucking shouldn't have. Damn. They should have kicked, yeah, no, kicked his ass. Out. They should have yeah. kicked his ass out and banned him from like the rest of the. Because what had happened? One of the friends that we were with, she had a buddy of hers, and they were kind of, they were sharing drinks and whatnot, and he ends up getting one of these drug drinks that was meant for in her. his hands. That was uh, meant for her, and almost immediately, this dude was fucking like, <laughs> he was gone. Like, I remember talking to him, and he was literally, like, passing out on a stool, talking to me, and just speaking nonsense. And yeah. I was like, how many drinks does this guy have? And I asked, and, and, and someone next to me was like, he had, like, maybe one, maybe two. Damn. And I was like, that's that's not somebody who's drunk. Yeah. This dude got drugged. And he ended up fucking, you know, I don't want to embarrass the dude, and I'm not naming the dude or anything, but he ended up getting very, very fucking morbidly sick at that mm-hmm. at that little, fun little gathering. At a, in a progressive industry, and he had to uh, be taken out. And he had to be, you know, walked home. And this dude, I find out, the guy that was drugging the waters, he goes on to uh, basically stalk other uh, females that are at the party. Uh, you know, friends of friends, basically. We hear about it too. And some one 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 person got some film of him too. Mm-hmm. But this guy should have been nailed. But that wasn't enough to get him like out. We didn't get this video until afterward, too, you know? And, like, he left. He left and started following some chicks. And that was the end of that. Don't know who the fuck he was. It was a VIP party, by the way. You had to have an invite. Don't know who he knew. I didn't even recognize him at the show. Did not know who this guy was. Damn. That's that's besides the point, but it's like... That's fucking uncool. Right. To to put it very lightly. But it's like, you know, we want to think that these are one-off experiences. Or this guy, oh, he's definitely a predator. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, no. 
What if he's in a circumstance where he was raised where he hangs out with his boys and mm-hmm. speak the boy language yeah. and say shit like, I got raped. Yeah. That perpetuating culture. Perpetuating the culture and then one day he just said to himself, well, fuck it. You know, women are objects anyway. <laughs> Let me do this. I'm about this. It's That's why we need to be in unison in the, yeah. the thought process. More aware and, and protecting one another instead of being against each other. I or. absolutely hate that the, this entire manifesto is getting uh, lambasted right now. It's like, yeah. well, the fuck, why? Well, what's wrong with its messaging? What about it? Is it just that it makes you uncomfortable? I think it's that, and people are questioning like the relevance of it. It's like, okay, because it was posted um, on a Smash blog, um, but it was just specifically like rape and sexual assault stats and like definitions and terms. And a lot mm-hmm. of it was through like pictographs and pictograms and I just think maybe people weren't. Um, I don't know. They just took it the wrong way. I think. I think the the what they were communicating there was very effective, and it got the point across. But I don't. I don't see pe- how people aren't drawing the parallel. Well, how doesn't this apply? You know, mm-hmm. how it does. <laughs> and I think people are pushing out. But I think this sort of conversation does have a huge place in the gaming community. Right. The point is, like, I hear about this kind of shit all the time. Yeah. So obviously, a conversation needs to be had. And yeah. For someone to say, "I don't want to hear about this," yeah. or it has no relevancy in our industry. What if that was like your sister or your daughter or your fiance? Like, you know, the fact of the matter is, it's disgusting that we even need to uh, basically force that level of empathy onto a person. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, you should know from yeah. the get-go, this is not right. And if you see it happening. Or if you hear about it happening, mm-hmm. do your fucking part. Reinforce to your buddy, like, nah, dude, leave her alone. Or like, that's not cool, or you're stepping a bound, man. You're stepping over a boundary right now. I hear about a lot of this shit happening um, expressly in, like, the cosplay community where, like, uh, photographers or mm-hmm. people in general, like, they will see people walk by and they're like, oh, well, they're dressed, like, as a scantily clad character and that gives you the right to go up and grope them or make comments and it's like, no, it doesn't. This person is, like, trying to have fun and become a character that they relate to on a level and you shouldn't be taking advantage of that. <laughs> right, and even if they do tap into uh, their sexuality in a way, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you have access to it no that doesn't mean you have the right for it no you know? that is them controlling it in their I, own I hear way. it all the same it's like if you didn't want to be looked at don't dress that way mm-hmm. and it's like well she's a cosplayer obviously she wants some sort of recognition for yeah. the work that she put into her costume yeah. you know but at the same time it doesn't mean go ahead and touch her go ahead don't and say her. some yeah. fucked up comments don't cat call her don't yeah don't cat call her don't take pictures without her goddamn consent mm-hmm. You know, th- these things should be obvious. Have a level of respect. And that's the problem. There is not a level of respect. And I think it really is to these little placeholders in our mind. When, when you're a 13-year-old hanging out with your friends and you're playing Smash and you knock me off a level and you say, I raped you. Mm-hmm. And it just normalizes it. We need to go back to the root. We need to fucking teach our little brothers. We need to teach our kids. We need yeah. to teach them, like, rape is fucking wrong. It's the worst thing that could happen to a person besides killing them. Think of that. In a lot of ways, it does kill them. In a lot of ways, it does. It, it strips them of their character, mm-hmm. their dignity, their security. Absolutely. <laughs> and more. I don't. I. You know. I will. Luckily, probably never be in that sort of situation to where that'll happen to me. But you, you never know, because sexual assault does happen to men as well. But you know, I still need to have empathy and you know think of other people in that situation. <laughs> yeah, you just get. It really is just a matter of like think about if this was happening to you. Yeah. Would you like this? Would you want this to happen to you? Do you want someone to hit on? Would you want someone to hit? You have no interest in hitting on you, right. touching you, saying oh, no. lewd things to you, no, not at all. trying something on you. No. If the answers are no to yeah. not just one but, but all, all yeah. hell, even if it only takes one, 
then yeah, there's a problem there. So it, it, it's fucked up. It strikes me that core, you know, especially I, I think about like Morgan goes to a bunch of shows yeah. and she runs to a bunch of shit. There's another event, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also happened to RTX. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on in Texas. You guys need to rein your shit in. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean to attack Texans, <laughs> but you got to rein your shit in because it happened. Where there was this fucking kid going around and taking pictures of the girls at the show. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, trying to be sly too, trying to like, you know, hide, hide his, uh, his uh, camera phone like behind his shoulder or mm-hmm. you know behind his arm and and he was taking pictures of her like at the booth without asking one be like hey can i get a picture of you like what not you know like that happens too people outright ask her hey can i get a picture of you mm-hmm. and she's like i'm not in cosplay i don't understand why yeah. you know but at least they ask at like, least yes like you know they don't seem to think about why that's a confusing uh situation for a person mm-hmm. to be asked if you know but it's happened to me too where dudes come up like hey can i get a picture of you and i'm just like i don't know why the fuck you would want a picture of me but sure. <laughs> He's a cool coach guy, man. Yeah, I'm like, what, whatever, dude. But even still, like, if there is a no present from the recipient, the no should stand. <laughs> exactly. And that's consent. Yeah. And that's one of those things where it's like, this kid needs to be taught or, or, or see something in this world that tells him, Maybe I should think twice. Maybe yeah. this isn't okay. Maybe maybe he's convinced himself in his mind it's okay to take pictures of of chicks and share the pictures with his friends, mm-hmm. you know, without them knowing. Okay, well, he needs to have that one buddy, at least one motherfucking friend that goes, dude, why are you doing that? That's weird. Yeah. Or that's creepy. That's weird. Did you ask for that? What are you doing? We need more of that. We need more of that fucking questioning in yeah, this industry because it, it's just not there. Instead of letting it fly. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It, it, it's why a lot of uh, people view us as immature. Yeah. They view our industry as immature children. We're just playing video games and gathering around. And we're trying to convince them, like, no, man, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. We have esports tournaments that are as serious as national sports leagues. Yeah. Oh, okay, except we run into bullshit like this. Yeah, which sets the whole industry back. Right. We can be better. We could be. We can. And I hope we continue to be. Um, and I don't know if you... I, I don't know if it's going to be a safe room PSA of sorts. I'm going to kind of exit this topic here. Yeah, what do you got on that? But I don't know, I feel like this should be a constant uh, dialogue between the community and gaming and us and, you know, whatever. Um, but if you or, you know, anybody you know who has, has been affected by sexual assault or anything like that, don't don't feel afraid. I know there's, like, the stigma to not come forward because, like, your story won't be heard or you'll be dismissed. But still, you know, you should come forward. Call out those people who have done these things to you, you know. They deserve to be put Absolutely. in place. Like, Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I can't. I can't beat that drum hard enough. Yeah. Which is, if you see something, say something. Yeah. Absolutely call them out in front of your fucking crowd of friends. Say, hey, dude, leave her alone. Or, hey, that's not okay. Make this the norm. Because the alternative, <laughs> it's not good. The alternative can ruin somebody's life. Simple as fucking that. And if you don't think that's relevant to you, fuck you. Big saber, fuck you. We're going to move on. As a whole, let's just do better, guys. There we go. All right. I mean, you have a nicer way of saying it. Yeah, I do. I'm a nicer guy sometimes. All right, Kevin. Well, that is it for our news by news, item by item. All right, I'll see you, dude. It's been good. (laughs) Till next week. Till next. Well, there is no next week. You know that. I'm going to be stuck in New York. Okay. New York Comic Con is next week. Oh, shit. I know. So we're going to be gone for like two weeks. Two weeks. So we're going to let you guys know now that this will probably be our last episode for like two weeks. Ever. Ever. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, we have one this week. Next week won't have an episode. The week after will. Okay. okay. So we're just missing one week. We're, we're missing one week, okay. sir. So hopefully this is substantial enough and important enough for you guys to sit on for an extra week. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that big old fuck you. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
but uh, we kind of wanted to get into uh, something a little lighter than me attacking you. Uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to do a little fall preview. Talk about some games we're excited about in the fall, because right. this the, podcast the is essentially about games. Believe it or not, just started. I thought, beginning of September, hey, we're in fall. Pumpkin spice is here. It must be fall. No. So we live in Florida, <laughs> and we have two seasons, which yeah. is, oh my god, I can't stand this, and then one week of winter. Yeah. Uh, we haven't gotten to the one week yet. No, we haven't. It's been hellacious, dude. It's been hot every fucking yeah. day. Oh. I hate it, man. And I don't have working AC in my car either, so it's like a fucking... Mine, mine fights. I don't have a working uh, car horn. Oh, shit. I learned today. Really? But that AC, it puts up a fight. Okay. You have to, like, crank it way up. <laughs> shit. And then when you do, there's, like, this kind of, like, little mist that starts, like, shooting out of the vents. Oh, well. I don't know if that's a good sign or not. I don't know what happened with mine. I think maybe a sensor broke where now when I put on the AC, it thinks the heat's on. So I get the heat blast instead of <laughs> Oh, my God. Like, oh, no. Ooh. That's miserable. Yeah, we, we drive basically ruins. Yeah. Yeah, Honda ruins. Honda ruins. That should be like the new, like, we're driving a Honda ruin. <laughs> <laughs> so, Daniel, I have a list here that uh, you graciously wrote up, even though I found many sources that already have lists. Well, hey, man, <laughs> we needed a stuff. visual representation. I wasn't going to make you do the work that I had already done. There's no work to be done. Like, it literally is here. Okay, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I like that you you want to just type out some shit. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Sometimes. We do have some structure sometimes. Yeah, I, dude, I did typing class, too. That's okay. kind of cathartic. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so we got September going on here. We're not going to read every goddamn game coming out no. here because obviously I'm not interested in FIFA 17. Sorry, soccer fans out there. Somebody is. Somebody is, and <laughs> I appreciate you. And I know who does FIFA EA. I think it's EA. And I know EA Sports appreciates you. <laughs> Actually, I think they make that shit out here because uh, they do. EA Maitland. Mm-hmm. They make FIFA out here. I think so. Good guy on barge down their door. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the sports division is is in Maitland or somewhere around like Full Sail. So now at least I know where to go to scream about NBA Streets. Oh, shit. Like, where the fuck is Volume 4? <laughs> you gonna let 2K slap you around like a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're gonna go month by month and kind of just highlight ones that stand out to us. We, we don't need to bore you with item after item. Though. Actually, I, I, I need to be specified that Daniel only highlighted the games that he's interested in. Yeah, why not? On this list here. Why not? Yeah. Well, you didn't highlight XCOM 2. A lot of people like that shit. Are you into that? No, I fucking hate that game. But anyway, uh, <laughs> not that I hate it. I just don't like strategy RPGs mm-hmm. or RTSs. Anything that isn't just like I lob a grenade at your face and then mm-hmm. like, you know, kick you in the balls. Like that. That's my game. So it's like too tactical of a first-person shooter for you. There we go. That's okay. a polite way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't like tactical games like that. Um, I don't. I don't really know about September. I mean, I feel like we got a lot of the good releases. And like yeah, the, we the we, first few we weeks. pretty much drained it out here. And a lot of these dates are for like the twenty seventh and the thirtieth. So like really like this Tuesday, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, Friday. But what 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 the shit is this that you highlighted? What is Darkest Dungeon? Darkest Dungeon. It is like this game that came out on a uh, PC last like early this year, I believe. Okay. Or early last year. I'm sorry, twenty fifteen, and it's okay. getting ported from PC to PS4 and Vita. And okay. it's basically like a super like grueling like dungeon crawling sort of game. Okay. Like, like a side-scrolling it, dungeon crawler. Oh, it's side-scrolling. Yeah. Okay. So it looked really cool. It looked super difficult. Like, imagine if, like, I don't know, fucking Dark Souls was Redux into a dungeon crawler. And at times it is a dungeon crawler, depending on the area you're in. This is, like, the third time today that you referred to something like, oh, it looks like Dark Souls, but it isn't. No. Off-air I have. This is the first on-air reference to Dark Souls. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. just saying today. Oh, just, just today. today. Okay. Come on, man. I don't know, man. It could be cool. 
You're like, this looks like Dark Souls, but with a female lead. I'm like, Tomb Raider? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Dark Souls, but with uh, a goalpost. You mean FIFA 17? Yeah, I was like, what? What is this? It's like Dark Souls with RC cars. Dude, what the fuck? It's Rocket League. Are you kidding fuck. me? What's wrong with you? Uh, so we, we, got, we, we got... can skip this, although either one, I need to make one mention. <laughs> Which one? In, in lieu of Hitman, he decided to put Hit That Man on the list. <laughs> Which sounds like a better game. Hit That Man. Hit it really stuck. I was like, maybe it's like a stra- strategic like, beat him up, but no. I misread some of the, the headlines oh. on other news aggregate sites. I was and- like, I had to ask you, I was like, what the fuck is Hit That Man? And <laughs> you're, like, I'm, you're like, ah, oh, I didn't get Hitman right. What? And then I looked into it, it was like, what, Hitman episode 5? I guess they're releasing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they're doing Square Enix is doing episodic. It's doing really well too. Like yeah. they they give you um, <laughs> kind of like weekly hits or some shit like that. Okay. It's cool. Whatever. Uh, and then the last one on here that I could probably care about if I was still like I don't know eight yeah. would be Sonic Boom Fire and Ice. But I honestly don't give a shit about any Sonic properties anymore. Dude, the only they one we're talking me. about is Sonic Mania, and that doesn't come out until next year. No, that one looks pretty right. Yeah, 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 it looks good. But okay, so we'll get it. We're gonna roll into October. Yeah, we're gonna roll into October. Okay, man. Go, what do you got? Anything stand out to you? Uh, I actually looked up a video for Warhammer End Times Vermintide, mm-hmm. and the Vermintide is being pretty fucking literal, by the way. Yeah, you're fighting a uh, vermin-esque enemy, like rat guys, like rat and, people, and warriors. essentially rat people, big rats, things like that. I don't know what the shit it really has to do with like Warhammer 40k. I think it is, if it does at all, because uh, it looks like a very um, kind of like a Victorian era, hmm. very. Bloodborne esque kind of okay. atmosphere to it, but it's a first person shooter. What the fuck? Yeah. Weird. Yeah, weird. It looked cool though. It did. It was it's gonna be forty bucks, I think. And I was like, oh, what okay. the fuck is this? No, so that looked cool. What do you what do you got here? You got Rocksmith? Yeah, I bolted that because uh it's the remaster of the 24, 2014 edition of Rocksmith that's coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox. Oh, and what? I don't know, I thought it was cool. I remember the guitar yeah. mechanics on it being way different than anything that like Activision. Yeah, like, it wasn't like Guitar Hero or Rock Band. It was you can actually learn how to play guitar. Yeah, guitar. it was a super difficult and challenging. And coming from somebody who like plays guitar, I was having trouble like using the interface and using the instrument in a way that made sense. So I feel like the level of mastery there would have taken a lot longer for me than like Guitar Hero did. I took guitar classes in high school and uh What'd you learn? A couple of weeks I gave up. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like cuz like literally the class was filled with people that knew how to play guitar, mm-hmm. like at least at a rudimentary or pretty good level. <laughs> and then there's me that didn't know a goddamn thing and the teacher was just like, "Cool, I don't really have to waste my time trying <laughs> to teach you guys to play guitar. You guys pretty much got the whole thing down." Yeah. And I was the only kid like, "What?" What? Like, I need extra help. Yeah, so I ended up just, like, sleeping in that class, and uh, kind of soured me from the whole idea. Damn. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I hate guitarists as is. Yeah, just son, sons of bitches. Sons of bitches. Well, luckily I'm a bass player, so yeah, yeah, yeah. hopefully got a bigger soft spot for me. Bass players do not steal girlfriends. You know how that goes. No. You're a better ilk. <laughs> you're You're a loyal ilk. I walk a fine line, too, because I'm a bass player that plays bass like guitar. Not in right. the sense of, like, I play with a pick, but, like, my style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. More melodic than rhythmic sometimes. Do you play like, uh, what's his name? Something Head from Corn. I think his name's Fieldy. Fieldy? Yeah. You're right. Head was was the guitarist. Yeah. He was the girlfriend stealer. Was, <laughs> Shit. Okay, gotcha. All right. So we got next up on this list that you did not highlight. But I, bo- I uppercased some of the words in there. <laughs> First of all, it reads like this. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you didn't even mention Infinite Warfare. What no, the fuck? Because this is what it is. It is uh, 
yeah. just like the the campaign for pre-order customers. Right, right, right. So it's just that. It's not Infinite Warfare. It's not, any, not anything like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the campaign comes out on October 5th, mm-hmm. which, by the way, we haven't been dating any of these games, have we? I mean, I put dates. We can say them as we go if we want. The audience can't see the di- okay. okay, anyway. <laughs> so Rocksmith, by the way, comes out on October 4th as well. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, yeah, the campaign comes out, and then on the, I think it is the 11th, the main game comes out? No, 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 no. No, it's not until, uh... It's not until November. Yep, November 4th. November 4th, mm-hmm. cool. So, actually, that's kind of cool to get the campaign beforehand. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about it, I, we were talking about our best trophies, and I literally just forgot to mention that, dude, I 100%ed Modern Warfare, the original. Did you really? Like, one of the hardest trophies, or I mean to say achievements, <laughs> mm-hmm. that I ever got was Mile High Club, oh, where sure. you had to do the ending segment, I think it was like the after credit segment, where you're uh, basically storming uh, a flight midair, mm-hmm. and you have to not only not shoot the passengers, but you have to precisely kill every single enemy on the plane and pretty much evacuate. you got to vacate out of the plane. And it is fucking nuts. It that was sounds hard. hard as shit. You're not, you're not a big guy on like timed missions either. I hate timed <laughs> missions. But um, it took me like 60 tries. Oh, I, remember, I remember doing it like at like 3 in the morning and just starting from 3 in the morning and going until dawn. Like wow. doing this like fucking 60 times over. Like a two-minute segment. <laughs> over Yeah, I'm, I'm giving you a face, but again. honestly, I've been there. You know, yeah, I've yeah. grinded through like yeah. quick segments like yeah. that. So that was a you. proud moment for me. That was a proud nice. moment. And I don't know if I'm going to do it again. Oof. No, I don't know about that one. Uh, but I'm excited for that. I'm, I, I really dig a Modern Warfare. That's no, cool. that's really cool. And I think um, I have the note here, even though Infinite Warfare is coming out on November 4th, the beta is coming out on October 14th. What, for PS4? Because I know it's at a different time than Xbox One. Um, I believe so. Don't quote me on it. I don't want your belief. I, I want your facts. Um, one thing you also didn't highlight, because mm-hmm. this is going to be a whole list. You didn't okay. highlight. I don't okay. know what's wrong with you. You had an opportunity to highlight your own, so quit shitting. Well, I had to edit on it. I, okay. I didn't want to do that. Anyway, uh, Mafia 3. I'm actually pretty excited for Mafia 3. I yeah. know a lot of people are just like, oh, what about Mafia 3? And I'm just like, no, dude. Part 2 was fucking great. Hmm. It was like an early generation 360 game. I thought it was. It had a great story. It really did. Whereas it, it gave me something that I don't think the GTA games give me okay. which is actually a pretty legitimate heartfelt story you know not to say that it's an emotional journey but it it definitely is like an honest story it's an earnest story mm-hmm. i should say not not to say that it's an earnest movie which is my favorite <laughs> i love earnest movies anyway, earnest takes to mafia 3 we need an earnest video game what the fuck are That'd we be doing cool. yeah right what situation can we get this motherfucker in hmm. put him in an open world oh like my god like no. rpg earnest goes to skyrim <laughs> exactly <laughs> Ernest fights dragons. Oh <laughs> Ernest becomes the Dovahkiin. <laughs> he is the Dragonborn. There we go. That's a Save Room Industries game. That's our first game. <laughs> Ernest becomes Dovahkiin. Um, yeah, Mafia 3, I'm pretty excited about it. I especially like the setting. It's in um, pretty much the, the 60s, Vietnam era. It, it takes place in New Orleans. You have a very interesting dynamic with the character, which he is not a part of the actual Mafia, but he's actually fighting the mafia and systemically trying to hurt them, hurt their entire business because he was betrayed. Uh, his entire, I guess, group was slaughtered by mm-hmm. them. And the entire game is like a revenge quest. And I, video games, more than movies, are such a good place for revenge quests. Really? Not enough of those. Because you, you, you have a justification for the wanton violence that you commit. <laughs> that, like, you know, you, I hate to play a game where it's like, yeah, Fallout 4, I need to find my son and be a good guy. But it's like, I'm going to 
fucking bomb your town. <laughs> like that's fucking Beckett's head. You're going down. I'm gonna throw a nuke in the middle <laughs> of this crowd of brotherhood. <laughs> like what the fuck is this? Where it makes sense in games like that. I, like no, that. I agree with that actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, Paper Mario Color Splash also coming out on the seven. Skip. Yeah. Uh, Gears of War four. I'm waiting October for October eleventh. You're excited for that, right? I'm hearing some good things about it. I was burned by Judgment back in the day. It was a prequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, made by people can fly or people that can fly. Okay. Um, but four is looking good. Four is looking good. I like the idea. Twenty years later, it's going back to the roots. Part one. It's mm-hmm. not trying to be this grandiose, epic kind of game. It's trying to give you a more, uh, I guess, introspective experience. And it takes place um, through the eyes of like Marcus's son, right? Exactly. Marcus is actually part of the story too. Hmm. Uh, and horde mode apparently is better than ever. From yeah, I've been hearing about that. That's really cool. Which you know, yeah. I don't know if it's day one for me. I don't. Uh, just be, probably because No Man's Sky scared me off from yeah, day you got, one for you got a little the, while. The day one burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But then again, Gears is going to be good. You know, I, I feel like it's going to be good. Nothing I'm seeing is just like, oh, shit, that's a warning sign. Nah. If anything, it's going to have a disappointing story. That's the worst it can do to me. But the game will play. Play fine. Because okay. that's what Judgment was. It was just like, I don't give a shit about this story. Hmm. Ugh. <laughs> but it still plays like Gears. Okay. Uh, oh, and we, we should mention Duke Nukem 3D 20th Anniversary World Tour. Ooh, coming to all platforms on the 11th. Yeah, boy. It's just a downloadable yeah. title. Um, do you have any any memories of playing Duke Nukem back in the day? I don't, actually. Huh? Me neither. Which is weird. I, I think I had my hands on it, but I have as many memories about that as I do Quake, and it's like, I don't have exactly. that, you know? Exactly. I played Duke Nukem 64. Yeah. Remember that one? I do. Yeah, which I think was just a port of 3D. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And I played it, and I, was, I remember thinking to myself, this game isn't literally in 3D, <laughs> like GoldenEye was. And yeah. I was like, what a fucking crapshoot. As a kid, I was just like, this is dumb. You were able to call him out on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I, I ended up fucking with the game with using my Game Shark. That's all I remember. Oh, cool. Uh, maybe I'll jump on I, Actually, I don't know. I don't know. I do not have a huge connection to Duke Nukem. I don't. That's not us. No. That was like past our crowd. Whatever. Who knows? Maybe like we'll see like um, a trailer for it, or maybe it'll be on sale in like the fucking PlayStation Store. And we'll get it. Sure. And then we already talked about Rise of the Tomb Raider on here. Yeah, um, Rise of the Tomb Raider twenty year celebration. I don't know what's gonna come with all that. Um, Just the extra modes. So the extra modes to the VR, yeah, you about and the, the VR 4K modes support. And the extra, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's cool. I got really. I bolded it and I put in parentheses. Finally. <laughs> I noticed. October 11th, that's coming out. Also on the 11th, <laughs> WWE 2K17. Not, not only for yeah. this-gen consoles, but PS3 and Xbox 360, so they're still supporting it on the fuck? <laughs> Let it go, guys. It's been like three years. Nope. I know good. you got some great games on there, but don't expect new games to come out for it. What's wrong with you? Anyway, uh, who's on the cover, my dude? I think we looked up and Brock Lesnar. With his ugly-ass knife tattoo. It's this huge, like, crazy dagger just, like, coming into and out of his chest. In the middle of his pecs. I'm surprised they're even keeping him on the cover, you know, following all the, the doping. Uh. Dude, all you have to do is just put The Rock on the cover, like, every year. Even if he's not in it. Exactly. Even if he's not even in the game. You know, people would be like, yeah, dude, this is what I want out of wrestling. <laughs> it's him doing the eyebrow. That's it. That's it. God, getting it all wrong. What else we got, my dude? Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five: The Definitive Experience. Okay, so that's just uh, Ground Zeroes and the main game. Cool. I mean, it's cool for somebody like me who hasn't even touched Five. Yeah, but for PS4, they actually released Ground Zeroes for free. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's how I got it. Hmm. Um, Look at you. 
Yeah, look at me getting stuff. Yeah, always. Yeah, which, uh, although they're like, yeah, it's kind of a testing ground for a lot of the ideas that, uh, that uh, Phantom Pain has. And I'm just like, nah, Phantom Pain is such a vastly different beast. Whereas I mean to say that uh, Ground Zeroes feels like just such a... Feels more like older Metal Gear. More infiltration. Yeah, sure, there's an open world element to it, but it just... I, I don't know. Hmm. Ground Zeroes is such a expansive fucking game. Interesting. And I never felt the story in Ground Zeroes... Or, or I mean to say, Phantom Pain is such an expansive game. Yeah. I never felt like the story in uh, Ground Zeroes really had much bearing on, on Part 5. So... Hmm. But cool. Get them together. Neato. No yeah. way to sell the game to 60. Uh, da, 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 da. I guess da, the big da, da, da. the big mention would be PlayStation VR coming out on October 13th. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That's it's a, a huge one. I know it comes with a demo disc with, what, like 18 different demos? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And then the two that I have noted as like releases for it are, uh, I guess this is an expansion <clears throat> to Star Wars Battlefront. It's going to be like an X-Wing VR mission. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Get to play as maybe like Wedge Antilles and fucking gun down some TIE Fighters. Where are you at with the VR in your mind? In terms of like whether or not I need it or want to get it? Yeah. I think it's cool. I think that uh, technology is very exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know me, I've never been much of like a peripheral gamer. No. PlayStation Move, Connect, the Wii controllers. Like I've just never really. Virtual Boy. Yeah, just fucking put a controller in my hand, give me a good story, or give me just like some good fucking controller schemes and i'm fine with it like i don't really need like an oculus rift or vibe like all immersive experience it's just not me yeah that's my thing i've never looked at my tv and said you're not immersive enough yeah it's how i feel about um 3d movies like i just i don't feel for it in any way and i think in a lot of ways i get taken out of experience because i'm looking for the technology in each thing that i see and they sony has like an upward battle ahead of them to convince us that it isn't another fad like 3d tvs Mm -hmm. or or what the Connect was trying to do before they set fire to their entire stock. Whatever Xbox did, it's yeah. not happening anymore. Um, what about you? <clears throat> I'm definitely not going to be an early adopter. Okay. And I understand that this is like a crucial time for it because early adopters are who are going to fund the experience and we're going to start straying away from, I'd say, in maybe one and a half, two years' time to actual full-fledged games, whereas mm-hmm. now they're going to start releasing just experiences. Yeah, like one hour, two hour experience. Right, because you're going to get studios that want to put their toe in the water, but they're not going to want to dive in because it's such a, it could be just throwing away money, essentially. Um, yeah, I, I want to see where it goes. I'm not going to be an early adopter. I definitely want to, you know, go to a friend's house and try it out, Yeah, essentially. That's where I'm at in stage. Uh, for me, 400 bucks is a steep, steep ticket. Yeah, Steep ticket for this technology. Uh, I understand that maybe the value is there, but I'm perfectly fine playing games the way I've been playing them mm. right now. I, I, I don't need that vastly different of experience at the moment. Um, I am interested to play Resident Evil 7 in VR. That'd be cool. I think that would be a very cool experience, but not enough to drop 400 bucks. Sorry. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, it's still at a high-end level, and I think it... Maybe maybe at two hundred, you might have had me. You might have had me with one, one or two very dynamic experiences. But right now, it's like Star Wars Battlefront, X Wing Beyond mission, and then you can be Batman throwing battle rings for an hour and a half. Like no, no, no dude, you don't have me. No, it's like when the PlayStation Four uh, was originally announced and it had these weak like launch titles with it, like Knack or yeah. other things. And it's just like I'm not really feeling that, but I'll wait like a year or two, and then that's when the titles started to emerge. Um, and I feel like it's gonna be the same thing with this, where it's gonna take a bit for uh, first party 
and even third party companies to come on board and be like, let's put a cool title here. Exactly. To yeah. to to make that that financial endeavor just be like we're going all in. Yeah. That's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen right away. No. You're gonna get one or two studios who're like, yeah, let's try this out. But you're not gonna see crazy good shit for a little while. Uh, that said, we're moving on to ooh, Shadow Warrior Two coming out October thirteenth. Now, the original Shadow Warrior was a budget title. It was a remake of the older older game back in. I think it literally came out on the 3DO or fuck. What system did it come out on? The original Shadow Warrior. It was one of the yeah. It was one of those systems I definitely didn't have. Hmm. But I remember when I worked at the Plane Trade around the block, they would come in and be like, "What the fuck is this game?" <laughs> but they remade it into this very crass kind of didn't take it too serious, take itself too seriously type of game. Uh, it was cool. It was a first-person shooter. It had some melee mechanics. You can use a katana to dice up some demons. That's right. a pretty gory game. Part two is like taking it a step beyond because I think they actually did so well, <laughs> and they are going to the next league with the fucking game. Because I remember seeing it back at. Um, I saw a demo for it back at QuakeCon. Okay. And it was looking pretty tight. But beyond that, this is one that's weird. Which one? Rock Band Rivals, which is actually a huge expansion of the game coming out October 18th. Uh, it actually adds a campaign mode to the game. Okay. And there kind of is a campaign mode already, but this one say. is more like a VH1 classics sort of deal or behind the music okay. sort of deal where there's an actual story behind it. So Idea, instead of like starting from a garage and working your way to like stadiums yeah. and amphitheaters. Idea seems cool, but if you want me to be perfectly honest, this is something that should have been on disc when the game launched yeah. to convince us that it isn't just another fucking shoehorn sequel. Which Rock Band 4 definitely seemed like that, where it was just kind of like, cool, you made it to next gen. Why? Yeah. It, there was not much going on. You're a big game. fan of that series. Hell and, yeah. And did 4 bring anything at all for you? It brought an entirely shitty, underwhelming set list. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember like looking at the songs like, what the fuck happened, guys? Yeah. You, did you just expend the entire library of the world's music? <laughs> like, in all of your DLC? Because, like, on disc, you have some shit. You have some really shitty shit. Mm-hmm. And to this day, there's bands that I'm just like, how come they didn't make it onto the fucking game? You know, yeah. where's Cursive on this fucking game? And it was like the, they're a historic band at this point. Yeah, of course. Where's Fugazi? You That'd know? be cool. Where, where, where is anything from Saddle Creek? <laughs> I should say, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't think there was ever any like Bright Eyes or Desperacitos on it. No, dude. No, so you're not speaking in my soul. Okay. But, uh, and, and then, like, they come up with shit like Lady Gaga in the fucking game. I'm like, really? well, dude, that's not fun to play. I'm sure it's fun to, like, karaoke, but, like, for the rep, like, the guitar track yeah. on a Lady Gaga song? Get the fuck out of here. I it. feel like for a rock band experience, you need to have tracks that are going to be all-inclusive of every instrument, you know? Yeah, get out of here. What, what do you see on this list? Um, the one we talked about before, Eagle, Eagle Flight. Uh, Eagle Flight for VR. A yeah. Ubisoft title coming out for the Oculus Rift. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I was like, what is it? And you're like, you basically just like fly as an eagle through France. And I'm like, really? Fly like an eagle. <laughs> and it, it was yeah. ridiculous. It felt it's competitive like, multiplayer, by the way. That, that's what blew me. I was like, it's Blows competitive your mind. multiplayer. And it, it, for me, I told Gavin, I was like, it feels like just um, a spinoff from like uh, Assassin's Creed 2. Where you had to get all the feathers for your brother, and this is what he became. He became like this first person eagle, and like combining it against other people collecting feathers. Yeah, um, it looked cool. It looked cool. They did an E3 demonstration. I was yeah. just like, this is kind of tight. Like, no, I watched the the I'm trailer for. Yeah, like, you're like Shit. gunning down other eagles. <laughs> like what the fucking fuck? rad? <laughs> that was like one of the first VR games. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, not gonna make me buy a unit, but no. it looks cool. 
Uh, what do you got beyond here? You got I know you highlighted Batman Return to Arkham. Cool. Yeah, whatever. we talked about that. Comes out October 18th. Uh, you got Battlefield 1 mm-hmm. coming out October 21st. You going to pick that shit up? I keep talking about it like I'm going to. I, I have more pull to that than Infinite Warfare for some reason. I kind of yeah. like this, I don't know, return to roots, old school feel that they're doing where they're like, okay, we're going to give you this cool, awesome, huge World War One game. And you okay. I think it's cool. I, if they incorporate like really well executed horseback combat and um, maybe Zeppelin or like, you know, fighter pilot warfare, I think that'd be really cool. Um, I don't really know how far their main campaigns go if they're they're good at all because i've never really fully played a battlefield game but i think as far as like what i've ever gotten out of like multiplayer experiences with them in terms of like battlefield 2 and 3 and then fucking battlefront even like i love those online experiences that um ea battlefield gives us so i'm still looking for a battlefield game that uh highlights the uh war between america and australia back in the uh, mid 80s yeah the one over dunkaroos right (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I want to go back to that one where they uh, had kangaroos placing mines around the around the desert. That'd be crazy. Kangaroo warfare. Oh my god. Holy shit, dude. No. So that one's going to be cool. I've never been about Battlefield. I've never been about its, uh, I can't say hyper-realism, but it, there, there is definitely a more yeah. realistic element to it. I kind of like the arcadiness of Call of Duty. I, I really do. And I, I think sometimes Battlefield's just its overall hugeness to its maps kind of mm-hmm. plays against it where I'm just like, I spawn and I'm fucking... It takes you a minute to get to the point yeah. and then you die and it's like, okay, I'm running for 10 years to get to a... Oh, I'm dead? Okay, cool. Can't wait to do that again. I was I'm actually having that long. problem with Battlefront this past weekend where I was I went back to like the Bespin DLC <clears> and some of the maps, like they're just too large for the modes that I'm playing. I'm like, I'm right. t- it's taking me like 30 seconds to a minute to get to this point and I can't even do anything at it. <laughs> yeah, no, um, no. What do you got in here, buddy? Da-da-da-da-da... Uh, Got the Lego Harry Potter collection, years one through seven, October twenty first. Cool, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, I think I haven't played Darksiders, so I think this Darksiders uh, War Remastered Edition is cool. Or- I, I recommend part two way more than part one, mm-hmm. and I honestly think that you can skip part one. Okay, because I remember playing part one and just like, oh, it's cool, it's it's neat, it's got some cool ideas to it, and then part two was like, oh shit, they made it open world and it feels like fucking Zelda. Cool. Yeah, part two I recommend, and that one came out actually remastered before. Four. It's the definitive edition. Oh shit! Because he plays Death. You get it. Yeah. By the way, Death is played by the uh, gravelly voice motherfucker, the bad guy from the original Crow movie. Oh shit! Hello, yeah. You remember? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays Death. Perfect casting, by the way. So I think that's cool. If you haven't played it, it's coming out October twenty fifth. Uh, also coming out tw- October twenty fifth. Though I hope we both get back into this. Yes, at we the are. Same time. Yeah, absolutely. Ashes of Arendelle DLC for Dark Souls three. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting that day one, oh my, my dude. God. I have been waiting to get back into it because we beat the campaign. We went pretty hard on this game together. Yes, we did. Because <clears throat> we did a lot of the bosses together. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Well, you started maybe like a week before me, and then like I was starting, and then you came, kind of came in yeah. and helped me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I definitely can't wait to get back into that. I tried doing Bloodborne, and honestly, I think I prefer Dark Souls 3. Yeah. I think it's just a leaner, meaner beast. I think it streamlined all the combat ideas and really right. uh, fine-tuned it. Right, right, right. And you know, I, I think Bloodborne's combat's just a little bit faster, but there's something more satisfying and more tactile about Dark Souls. Is that like the hits have more crunch? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like the hits have more crunch. I feel like the enemies are a bit more uh, interesting. 
because uh, everything's just so Lovecraftian that it almost like I feel like I'm stuck in a fucking Tim Burton claymation film. <laughs> <laughs> like when I'm playing Blood, uh, Bloodborne all the time, uh, Dark Souls. I, I just love the world. I love how it was done. Do you know um, where that DLC takes place? Is it like within the events of the original timeline, or if mm-hmm. like your character goes outside? No idea. Okay. I have no idea. No idea. But I can't wait to find out. Okay, cool. Although the story is really not first and foremost in Dark Souls. No, it isn't. But... It's more about the challenge, the triumph. Yeah. You know, of your of your Ashen Bro. <laughs> and you were my Ashen Bro, and we were rejoicing every Ashen Bro minute of every hour. Super Ashen Bros. Uh, what else you got out here, my dude? Uh, I know this one, October 28th, uh, Titanfall 2. That one kind of speaks to you. Kind of. Not really. No? I I enjoyed one. Mm. Um, you played the beta, right? The beta I played for part two. It was pretty cool. I think we talked about... It, it's such a weird position for the game to both come out after Battlefield 1. And in between. And the... come out before Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Yeah. And it's like... Dude, are you just wanting the game to get crushed? Do you want it sweeped underneath the rug? Like, Titanfall 2 is one of those games that could definitely benefit from, like, an early 2017 release. Mm-hmm. Where, like, January, February, where it's a little lighter in releases, where studios are like, all right, let's start saving some shit. That's your time that you want Titanfall to come out. That's the time that you want it to rain. Not get sweeped between these two massive games. To have EA position it against itself, essentially, mm-hmm. that's so weird. It's like it's one of those games destined to be a Black Friday get when they drop it to forty, and it's like moms are like, I don't know what to get him. He has all the games already, and then it's like, oh, there's mechs and whatnot. Let me yeah. get this for him. That's it's one of those. Uh, it's weird. Okay, it's weird, and I think that game deserves a little bit more than being thrown to the wolves. Okay, I have no pull to it. I hear the mech combat's really cool. I don't know. It is. You should have tried the the free fucking beta. I was busy probably playing Overwatch. You know me. You really need. I need to tone that shit down. Uh, you hear me? I hear you. And then this last one, um, October twenty eighth as well. The Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim. Dude, that's even worse. Like more people are gonna buy fucking Skyrim yeah. than they are Titanfall the remaster. <laughs> like, are you serious? Even though it's not gonna have like mod support for the PS four, like no. I'll still play it. Yeah. Because I never finished the game initially. Um, just in terms me of like neither. The, in terms of the main story, I had a lot of fun with it. I got like me eighty neither. hours in, and I I want a reason to revisit the world. I don't think I've ever finished a Bethesda game. Not even like Fallout 3 or New Vegas? No, dude. No. Mm. Nope. You finished Doom? That's it, software. Come on. They published it. Oh, good for them. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess that's it for October then. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Hit and me up with November. November's pretty light. It is. Actually. Surprisingly light. We're going to top off the month with the all-important Owl Boy. <laughs> don't know what the fuck that is. You put it on the list. Comes out November 1st like an action-adventure platformer. Cool. I'm going to look up screenshots. You, you talk about the next game. Hang okay, on. we got Super Dungeon Bros coming to the PS4 uh, November 1st as well. I'm just seeing a bunch of uh, DeviantArt porn of Owl Boys. Is that what you're fucking seeing? K-pop Owl Boys oh, sucking no. each other off right here, dude. <laughs> no. You're looking at the wrong thing, my guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bookmark this. <laughs> No, I found it. It's an upcoming action adventure. It's a side scroller, right? Yeah, that's that's cool. I guess I don't necessarily have any interest in it. I know it's um gonna be like a like a PC release. So I'm sure people will have fun with it. Uh, I'm just so sick of indie games. Like always, their first indie game is always gonna be a side scroller. It's like, dude, come on, step outside the goddamn box. Like, look at those dudes that did uh, Jotun. Mm-hmm. They made like this isometric uh, action RPG. That's fucking cool. That is cool. Do shit like that. I don't know shit about coding or, you know, 
game design, mm-hmm. but I feel like maybe side-scrolling platformers were just easier to do in those initial stages, but... Yeah, working in two dimensions probably is a bit easier. Than yeah, especially three. if you don't have a lot of experience in the field, but also, I don't really know, so... Uh, no, you don't. I don't. Because you're just playing Overwatch. <laughs> keep calling me out on that. I'm going <laughs> to keep playing it. I will. So uh, I can send this stuff. Next one, November 4th, we talked about Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, Modern Warfare. Never Remastered. heard of it. Uh, Starring Kit Harrington. Yeah, right? What's Kevin Spacey. That's so fucking cool. And um, you said a bunch of the Naughty Dog guys are working on it too, right? Not a bunch, but yeah, some of the Naughty uh, Dog dudes are working on the campaign, which I found pretty interesting and yeah. notable. We'll see if that uh, makes any difference on the... Because the last few stories have been just fucking piss poor. I know people love Black Ops 3, but the story is just like, what the fuck is this? Is that the one that had uh, Kevin Spacey? Yeah, nope. Which one was that? That was uh, Advanced Warfare. Okay. Which, even that story is like, yeah, okay. It even had, you played this Troy Baker. You yeah. literally played as Troy Baker. Not a, not a dude being voiced by Troy Baker, but a dude that looks <laughs> like Troy Baker. Fuck. It's getting worse every day. <laughs> yeah. No, they, the, I, I, still, I still position that Black Ops 1 was the last good Call of Duty story. The last. For Treyarch, yeah. No, in general. You think in general? In g- absolute general. Because that came after Modern Warfare 2. Remember that? Black Ops. Yeah. So. And some people could make a strong argument for Modern Warfare 3, but... No, they can't. They're wrong. I'm glad they tried. Right. Uh, a week later, so we, guys. Got, we got the the PlayStation Pro console launching November 10th. Meh. I have nothing really to add besides... I don't have a 4K TV, and it's not meant for me. Yeah. I really don't think there is a compelling reason for anybody that doesn't have a 4K TV and doesn't already have a PS4 to buy the system. Yeah. It's not for us. They've already... Sony's already said that it's meant for the uh, discerning consumer. Yeah. It's, it's not for us, dudes. Just leave it to that. It's computing power isn't fucking revolutionary. What it's doing is not. I, I love these posts I'm coming across uh, that basically has Microsoft shitting on it and saying that it's not going to deliver like true 4K. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah, I noticed that. But at the same time, neither is Microsoft right now. I'm sure. The Xbox uh, One S is still doing like an upscaled version uh, that isn't quite true 4K. Yeah. So, you know, come on. Glass, glass consoles, my friends. Yeah. Never throw stones at them. We got Dishonored 2 coming out after that, which... Did you play one? No. I did. I played my, like, 20 minutes. I think... First person sneaking is just like one of the worst things you can do to a person in games. Mm-hmm. That's what I that's my general opinion. You should be thrown in prison for trying it. Really? Yeah. It, third person sneaking is so much superior. So much better than first person sneaking. I hate it. I hate it so much. Hmm. Yeah, dude. I just like having that full range of view in third person games. But people dig on Dishonored. From what I understand, it's got a cool story. I don't like that it openly punished you. Uh, by making your story worse every time you kill somebody. I heard about that. Yeah, I, I did not enjoy that. I because even Bioshock is like, no, fucking kill these splicers. They deserve it. But yeah. leave the little sisters alone. It needed a convention like that rather than like, oh yeah, like that's where your moral gray area came in. Exactly, you save exactly. Because like I'm in situations where it's like, dude, it's gonna take me like fucking twice as long to beat this game. Yeah. To not kill everybody, to try to sneak through every level. I'm like, I don't know. No, I didn't play the first one, but we saw the Bethesda conference for E3, and yeah. the story looked cool. It sure. takes place after the Rat Plague. Yeah. It plays like Emily sure. and Corvo again, I guess. And I don't know the the level designs, the characters looked cool. I don't know. I'm more interested in Prey, to be honest. With you. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, way more interested. Uh, this is one that I've been kind of <laughs> keeping my eyes on. I don't have high hopes for it, but 
Watch Dogs 2 is looking pretty, pretty interesting because it, it does seem like they're trying to learn from a lot of the mistakes of the first game because the first game is pretty bare-bones mm-hmm. GTA clone. You know, uh, uh, when you play it, it's like a lot of the means of interaction are just kind of shallow because it was like, oh, yeah, you could be anywhere in the city, hack anything in the city, and it, it just amounted to sometimes I could make a green light red and it confused with people. Like that's, <laughs> that, that was the means of interaction. And so I can... I can sneak into someone's smartphone and see if they're uh, they're a yiffer or not. Oh <laughs> like that's that's what it came down to. It's fucking stupid. Um, Watch Dogs Two looks a lot more dynamic, mm. and and they're, they're speaking to my soul because the entire thing is a uh, the Ubisoft replication of San Francisco, mm. which is one of my favorite cities in the U.S. To be honest with you, okay. And I thought it was pretty cool to like in a lot of the gameplay demos. I'm seeing places that I've been, or at least like you know they're. They're debranded versions of it where, you know, suddenly, like, uh, Starbucks is fucking coffee, coffee dollars. Yeah. <laughs> coffee bills. <laughs> like, shit like that. Uh, but it's cool. I think that's a cool part. I think, I think uh, Marcus, the main character, is more interesting than Aiden Pierce is thus far. Okay. We'll see how that goes. We will. Hmm. I'll let you take the next one. Uh, I'm going to totally skim over the Ezio collection because I kind of feel overwhelmed by it. But if you're interested, that includes two Brotherhood. You feel overwhelmed by it? Underwhelmed. Okay. Comes with two Brotherhood and Revelations, November 15th. Um, Good for them. The next one for me, I think, uh, is going to be a big one. Uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon for the 3DS on November 18th. Yeah, everyone in this house is picking it up. How are you going to go? You think you're going to go Sun or Moon? (sighs) She wants Moon so bad. So you're going to go Sun? I might might just go Sun because of it. Yeah. But I want Moon. I'm going to go Moon. It'd be so stupid if all three of us have Moon. Well, who fucking cares? <laughs> do what we want to do. We're adults. It's true. I really want Moon. I do. It just sounds better. I don't give a shit about the sun. I hate the sun. <laughs> so hot. We're, we're moon children by nature. <laughs> we truly are. We're children of the night. So It looks cool. Some of the Aloha yeah. forms are weird. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Like the executor with an extra long neck. That's, that's immediately what I thought. Yeah. It's like some of them are weird. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's the one that's right the there. One. Uh, Morgan has an, uh, a very specific kind of connection to the game because she is from Hawaii. She is from Hawaii. You say right? Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii. She'd be so proud. She would be proud. God rest her soul. <laughs> but she, she's going to get down on that because there's a lot of references to the culture that she grew up with so mm-hmm. that's cool for her I'm yeah. still waiting for a Fort Lauderdale slash Miami based Pokemon right. game you know <laughs> where it's a bunch of just scummy teenagers that listen to uh, uh, fucking him smoking cigarettes <laughs> and hanging out boat. hanging and, out behind the 7-Eleven and yeah. you get around on your Razor scooters or you take the number two to your next Pokestop <laughs> <laughs> you hang out at the Sawgrass Mills Mall <laughs> fucking catching Pokemon yeah that's that's what I'm about okay um, what you got one thing that you are going to skim over, Killing Floor 2 looks pretty interesting to me. It's just fucking unhindered violence. Uh, you, you kill a bunch of zombies and zombie-like creatures, cra- crazy monsters left and right. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since Part 1 came out. That was a PC-only title. I'm so glad to see it on PS4. Mm. It's like a crazy, twitchy kind of FPS experience. Uh, I'm, I'm down with it. I think it's pretty... That's coming out November 18th. Yeah. I know you weren't going to give it a mention, but I might get down on that. Actually. Once I put it in there. I think you'll see... You'll watch me playing and be like, yo. What is this? Whoa, 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 what are you getting down on in I'll there? I'll hang out in your doorway for like 10 minutes, sit on yeah. the floor for 30 and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might let you play. Maybe. It's fine. On my PS4 Pro. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'll let you handle the next one. Um, the next one's obvious for both of us. Yep. Final Fantasy 15. Yep. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, November 29th. November 29th. Yep. Super stoked on that. I'm not really talk about that too much. That's a day one for me. Yeah, for sure. I got my pre-order on it. I've been waiting for this game since it was first versus 13 back yeah. in 2006. Mm-hmm. It was the first Final Fantasy title when it was described. I was just like, holy shit, that yeah. sounds great up my alley. Yeah. Putting implementing the combat of Kingdom Hearts into like an open world title, like oh shit. Which I know a lot of like real hardcore Final Fantasy fans are not a big fan of, but I don't know. It'll I think it'll play out well. Yeah, yeah, but you're getting your uh, remaster of twelve next year or whatnot anyway. Yeah, so you know, that's true. I feel like date yourselves. Yeah, yeah. The crowds are gonna part and go the two separate ways with that. This is them trying to go after a wider audience. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, they're and I remember reading an article. They cited a bunch of weird references where they're just like we're talking about uh red dead redemption mm-hmm. and uh god there's another title it's just like that's a weird fucking game are they just taking a lot of influence from like western developers and they are now? Okay. they are interesting way to go about it yeah looks cool it does um i think that's really all i got for november the last one on there is fucking the walking dead season three but i don't really care anymore at this point, no. Yeah. Especially after they did the uh, Michonne side story. It's just like, dude, you're just beating this horse. Yeah. Just let the zombies eat the horse. I, I feel so disconnected from Clementine's ad- survival adventure. And right. I-, I liked her most when she was with Lee. And I feel like that's where most of them right. left the game. Right. I would have been fine with them uh, picking up with a different story entirely. And I thought they were. Because mm-hmm. you remember they did uh, Walking Dead 400 Days in between season one and two. And yeah. it was just like, okay, cool. You're trying to do like an anthology game. Yeah, that was right. Game. And then they went back to Clementine and whatnot. And I'm just like, what the fuck happened? Did people complain? Like, where's Clementine? Like, don't listen to the fans. Sometimes art has to be there and go on a ride in and of itself. If you want a perfect example, Game of Thrones, it is the master of its own destiny. Of course, it abides by the books, but it never, ever stoops into fan service territory Mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, let's let's put some... uh, you know, importance on this character because the fans are... No, 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 no. They'll do the opposite. You're going on a ride, yeah. man. I think Walking Dead should have been that, where it's like, no, you're going on a goddamn ride with us. We're going to tell you the story we want to tell you. You know, shut up about Lee. Right. <laughs> Essentially. You know? So I think I actually think they're going a bad route, uh, picking up with Clementine again, to be honest with you. Yeah. But a new frontier, I don't know. Maybe it'll be a new promise for the franchise. Who knows? Killer Episode 1. Right. Killer episode one, and you'll have our attention, I swear to you. That'd be cool. Everyone would be like, what the fuck? They wouldn't kill her off, dude. They will not. They, they will. absolutely will not. Maybe She's, the, she's the face of that franchise right now. <sighs> okay. Another thing for me is I am just having trouble caring about Telltale games anymore, and unless yep. they fucking update their goddamn engine. Jesus Christ. And they said they did it. for Batman, but I, it still runs like garbage. Didn't Life is Strange run on, like, Unreal? <laughs> I think. Yeah. Like, just update it somehow. I don't... Just I can't. It blows my mind. <laughs> right. How they're still working on the worst dated engines, but whatever. Right, dude. You're 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 not making fucking Tamriel here. No. <laughs> you're making fucking adventure games. So um, we're going in December here. December's a short list. Uh, I think Super short because I don't give a shit. Fall about technically this. goes until I guess the winter solstice, which is like the twenty second, but we only have what? like until December eighth. Okay. So what? Anything speak to you there? No, not at all. I know people are kind of excited about Super Mario Maker 3DS mm-hmm. uh, coming out December 2nd. Cool. Um, I'm just kind of confused by Steep, Ubisoft's uh, snowboarding game <laughs> coming out uh, December 2nd as well. Um, I mean, I want a successor to SSX. I think we all do. We all really do. <laughs> and I love SSX 3. 
People always go back to Tricky and all that shit. I'm just like, 3 was the best one. I mean, Tricky was pretty fucking cool, but... Yeah, cool, cool, cool. 3 was the I best three, yeah. one, <laughs> my dudes. Like, you need to understand, like, that, that game was a fucking achievement. But, uh, Dead Rising 4 looks pretty cool. Um, I don't know. That series still hasn't really found its footing in my heart. I know people go crazy about the first one, or kind of weird about part two, and apparently have just all but abandoned part three. three yeah. Um, and now we're back to Frank West in part four, and I guess it's like, is that what make what makes Dead Rising to you? Like that one character? I right. Know. I have no idea. Um, I just want them. I want them to get rid of the time missions entirely, and just. Those bother you so much. I really hate them so much. I, hate I, them. I don't mind them. You always talk about how it hinders your experience of being a completionist, but I don't think it yeah. really does. Eh, you're a Majora's Mask fan. I'm an Ocarina fan, so... True enough. Yeah. Uh, but uh, on that note with Part 4 as well, I'm hoping they fix some of the combat mechanics because the boss fights or the psycho fights from like 1 and 2 mm-hmm. are some of the worst bits of gameplay I've ever experienced in a Capcom game. Really? Oh, yeah. And I played Raccoon City. I was going to say. Yeah. So hopefully they'll fix that. Umbrella Corp. Um, I... I don't really care for, like we said, VR, but I think this Werewolf Within title looks kind of cool. Yeah, what the fuck is that? Uh, I'm going to re- read this to you right here. Uh, Game Night comes to VR. After several attacks on Townsfolk, the medieval village of Gallows Town has had enough. With a special guidebook in hand, players congregate to vote and eliminate any and all possible werewolves hiding disguise in the village. Players utilize specific roles and abilities and the power of persuasion to assess, deuce, and win the round. It's basically like a five to eight player game of like finding out who's the werewolf and basically getting them out of this village. <laughs> that reminds me of the Thing video game they did back in the day. Yeah. Because you never know who in your party is the Thing. I like that. Bring that game back. Yeah. I, I never that played VR. that, but I heard cool things about it. Make the Thing VR, and then you'll have, uh, well, you still won't have 400 of my, my dollars, but, you know, I'll, I'll respect you. But, but it, a multiplayer game that has lying and betrayal? I haven't mm. had that since Clue. Yeah. <laughs> give me Give me another one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, What's this last one on on here, buddy? You mean the Wild Eight? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. What's what? What's this thing you got on this list here? Well, I, don't, I don't even think it's gonna come out the, December. The Last Guardian? Yeah, I hope so. You hope so? I, I I hope, man. I feel so disheartened and downtrodden at this point, and I hope the delays mean something big, and I hope it's not slated for disappointment. I'm hearing that it plays a lot like a PS2 game. Yeah, that it's it is not an advancement on the ideas at all. Of course, it's you know, evolving and emotionally uh, it tugs on your strings yeah. and whatnot. But it it still plays goofy. I think somebody from like IGN got their hands on like the yeah. demo and they said it was just super clunky and getting like the the trico to respond to you was just so hard at times. Right. Um, but I hear the sound design in terms of like listening to call and response between the trico and your character is really intricate. But if it doesn't work then how are you going to make it like an effective gameplay mechanic? Uh, that's not a day one for you, is it? It was. It's not now. i got to mm. warn you already. I don't think so. Wait for those reviews. Yeah. Please. I'm a big like Team Eco fan. Between no. like Eco and uh, Shadows of the Colossus. Between all two games <laughs> that they've ever done. two of the strongest titles on yeah. PS2 and two of the best titles that were ported from that for the PS3. They're fucking right, amazing, right, dude. Right, like, right. Say what you will about them, but they were great. Oh, well. So. I'm more of an eco guy than I am Shadow of the Colossus guy. Yeah, I know you are. Yeah. But uh, we'll see what happens. It was very strongly a day one, and now it's probably going to be like a day 11. <laughs> day 11. Yeah. If you get it at all. Don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it for no sure. No matter what. There's no not getting it. I'm going to play it. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. Those games, uh, they have a really strong like emotional component to their stories. They're very riveting, even though they're like kind of minimalistic in terms of narrative. I love what they give you in terms of like interplay right, between right, characters. Right, right. Whether it's uh, Iko and Yorda from Iko, whether it's um, Argo and the main character from Sh- uh, Shadow of the Colossus, which that was kind of a weird mechanic at times. Cause that horse right, whether it's Tango and favorite. Cash from Tango and Cash. <laughs> well, like, yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> I got you. It's good. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'll let you pick that up. Yeah, you will. I'll let you borrow it when I'm done with it. And then I'll give it back to you after four hours, because that's as long as these games usually are. Yeah. Nah, look at you. So... Defend that shit! (laughs) No, I I will. All in all, through and through, but I just, I feel like I'm kind of disheartened at this point. No, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Because this game, you know, long gestation period, lots of excitement, it just... It probably shouldn't have been announced when it got announced, to yeah. be honest with you. They should have just like held the cards and waited a bit. Oh, yeah. We should have been like, what the hell is uh, Team Eco up yeah. to? And that's it. I mean, we talk about like studios and like their hype cycles and everything, but I feel like there was like such an anticlimactic effect with this where it's like, oh, you had us, and now we're just kind of stuck on the bottom. We're not coming up again right. until we see and can get our hands on the tangibility of it. You know? We've just been dicked around for so long. Yeah. You know? This is the biggest problem, and I think that's something that... A lot of studios and publishers need to learn. Don't dick the fans around. As much of a disappointment in our books that Fallout 4 was, a lot of people enjoyed the shit out of it. Yeah. Power to you. Um, there I are think, things to take away from that game. Yeah, but the way that they announced that game and then how they quickly released it after, that's the perfect way to do a fucking game. Yeah. It is. At least in the AAA space. You know, obviously... There's indie games that you need to get some excitement for. You need to build that hype. Of course, don't build five years of fucking hype like you did for No Man's Sky. But, yeah. you know, give it its due. Where it's Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, you don't need to announce that game until, like, you know, a month before it comes out, dude. Yeah, I think they gave it, what, like eight months? Yeah. You got stoked on it, like, within the first 48 hours. like. Yeah, dude, just, you know, you don't have to do that. <laughs> Battlefield 1, you could have been, like, maybe six months ago, but it's happening. Yeah. Boom. Done. Which I think it kind of did happen that way, didn't it? I think it did. They, they announced it this year, and they're like, it's coming out in October. Yeah. Cool. I like Both that. Both those games actually yeah. did that. So. Go for that. Don't go for the, okay, announced 2006. <laughs> As a PS3 title? Right. Ten years later, we're finally here. Okay, oh, cool. Man. What features do you have? Well, you can interact with this uh, tree dog thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we've gotten through the year, Daniel. We have. We'll see what we actually pick up from this list, see what actually uh, sticks to our bones. Uh, see, my thing, my takeaway from this is I want to be excited about a game that didn't strike me at first. Mm-hmm. You know, I want something to kind of like stick, like, like, like maybe this Warhammer End Times for reviews to be like, dude, check out Vermintide. It's yeah. fucking great out of nowhere. I love it when that happens, you know? The last time that I can remember that very vividly happening, well, Headlander was like that this year. Yeah, it was. For where you. I didn't really hear anything about it, didn't really pay attention to it. Reviews came out. I was like, dude, this game's fucking awesome. And it is. Absolutely is. And then uh, previously, Sleeping Dogs was that for me. Oh, yeah. You like that one. Where I really didn't do anything about the game, didn't care about the game. Reviews came out. And I was like, dude, yeah, you need to check this out. It does some things better than GTA does. Hmm. And I was like, okay. Love the shit out of that game. To this day, I'm a great supporter of Sleeping Dogs. I want a sequel. I know it won't happen. I want one, though. I want one. We'll see. So I want to see what, what from the rest of this year sticks out. Maybe it's going to be Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. Maybe it'll be Civilization 6. My money's an owl boy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, that about wraps this one up, Kevin. Our beautiful topic fall preview. It's been good, buddy. It has been good. It's been good. We're going to have a week hiatus, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. In between this show and episode six, I'll be at New York Comic Con. Hopefully I have some great experience to tell you, but more than likely I'm going to regale you with stories of selling t-shirts and people getting mad because I don't have 5XLs. You're going to come back with a shirt hurt, as usual, and I'm uh-huh. going to have to mend your wounds. You will, with your mouth. But at least this will give me more time to edit this one. <laughs> well, you're going to wait two weeks? To Maybe I'll, I'll wait. Wait till you come back. Yeah, you're goddamn mind. <laughs> Fucking get this up tonight. No, fuck you. Do it. <laughs> Just release it. All right, guys, this has been, once again, The Save Room. I have been Kevin. And I am Daniel. And please, remember to save your game. Thanks for listening.